0: The Pence Arcade Podcast is sponsored by Retro Games Party. Get out of emulation and into the arcade with Retro Games Party. Arcade Game High for public events and private parties. With three regular community-led meetings throughout the year, great no pie, like a retro games party. Visit their website at www.retrogamesparty.co.uk and get involved. The Ten Pence Arcade Podcast is a proud member of the Retro Junkies Network and Throwback Network.
1: This is Paul from the Intellivision podcast, and you are listening to the Ten Pence Arcade podcast. I'm wondering if I should say that in an English accent. Hello. No, that's too generic. Hello, this is Paul from the Intellivision podcast. My dialect is a bit off because I'm not sure uh, which part of England I'm from based on the way I'm speaking. I'm, I'm trying to combine my different variations of British accents to do this little promotional bit for Vic and ten you did, it, you did it. it might not be quite as good as Vic's American accent but I'm trying just as they are when they do this podcast <laughs> on that note I've got a question for you gents if you play a game for free and you play it three times how do you know how many times you played it and how much it costs if they're both free oh, no. so cheers guys the Intelligionaries podcast would like to apologize for the horrible British accents that you've just heard Paul doing. Sad attempts at comedy, potentially insulting stereotypical speech, and a general lack of promo. If you'd like to file a complaint, please direct all inquiries to Rick or Will at the podcast. Paul can't be bothered with such things. He's too busy speaking about himself in the third person. Right. Cheers then. Bye bye.
0: Hello and welcome to Ten Pence Arcade
2: Podcast. My name is Victor Marland, aka Vertvek. And I'm Sean Holly, aka In Your Face, Sean Holly. How are you, Victor Marland? I have been
0: pretty good. It's been nice and warm today. Got a few things done on cabs. Been quite yeah. busy, actually. Uh, so, yeah. How have you been, old sir?
2: I've been very good. I've had an excellent couple of weeks. I've been off for
0: a week. Oh, jealous already. Yeah. Go on, make me jealous about them other things you've been up to.
2: Yeah, well, three things have happened. Three. Yes. Three things, three um, awesome things. Another back cave meet at Blackburn Retro Games Night at the back cave. Mm-hmm. First Saturday of the month. Yeah, awesome. Uh, some good game competitions. Mortal Kombat Ten, Meh. which which is not exactly <laughs> retro. No. It's extremely gory fatalities.
0: Meh, don't like you.
2: Unbelievably it. gory. Meh. Quite quite funny actually. Paperboy Mega Drive on the Mega Drive. On the okay. Mega Drive. Yeah, quite a good conversion. Ridge Racer on the PS One. Yes, great game. That's one of the few um, racing games I like, actually, because it's nice mm. and simple. It is. It just is. Race on
0: a track. Awesome.
2: Uh, what The other one, Guilty Gear X on the Dreamcast, which I'd never heard of, but was I... a quite, quite a good kind of cartoony fighter.
1: Everybody was
2: fighting. Yeah, I think I,
0: I used to have it on the Dreamcast, actually. I Can't remember much about it. I never really got into other fighting. I was always just a bit of street fire and, and rubbish at it. Mm. Never really did the... Uh, I did some of the, the Neo Geo ones. They're quite fun. I never yeah. really did Mortal Kombat. Uh, I never did any of the Persona, the new ones. Never did any Guilt with Gears and Beautiful Joe and all that sort stuff. Of. I never really did those mm-hmm. myself. wasn't that
2: into them, you know? No, me neither. I have got a nice pickup from uh, Lewis Batcave. Yes? Yes, I shall tell you about that in the pickup oh, section. that is pretty good. In fact, Lewis, that's his, I'm going to change his surname, Lewis Batcave. Lewis Batcave. Yeah. That's how I know him. Yeah, yeah. Lewis Dave Batcave, probably. Guess where I went last night with Mister Alex Chucky Egg? Go on. <laughs> okay, <You're jealous laughs> club. Yeah, I'm so jealous. <laughs> I am actually. I wish it was near me. A few new games they had in last night. They had new Hyper ones. Sports. Yeah. Well, yeah, a few sort of beast PCB swaps and new cabs. Oh, nice. Uh, Hyper Sports, House of the Dead Two, stand up um, shooty thing, shooty gunny game, scramble. Yeah. In a Zachariah cab. Which Meh. is your best? <laughs> Which is your personal favourite? It's not. This is Scramble. Still a great game. Yeah. Outrun game. 2, Sit Down. Ooh,
0: Outrun 2, are they? Nice. It's a, a popular lovely game. game.
2: Yeah, it's a lovely game. Cool. Salamander 2. Oh, yeah, that's a that's an expensive board set. It's a nice game as well. Yeah, In a Goliath.
0: That is a decent game. Yeah, it's a nice-looking game, actually. I mm. quite like the look of that one. Alien Syndrome or Allen Syndrome? Allen Syndrome, yeah. Mm. When you've got a, a sort of uh, a purgence to not like Allen's. I'm yeah. like, no, Alan. Get them, Alan. Still don't like him. Indy 500 twin sit down. Oh, right. Cool.
2: That nice little racer. Yeah, yeah. Twin one is nice. They've got quite a few twins there now, haven't they? Mm. Excellente. sounds yeah. quite cool. And Super Cobra in a candy cab.
0: Oh, they got in a candy. Mm. Oh, okay. I thought they had um, a Zach one, actually, for some reason.
2: Or was that another one? No, I don't, I don't think so. Okay.
0: They've got so many. Not fair. Yeah.
2: So it's good they're swapping stuff around. It is nice, yeah. It's cool. Yeah. Excellent. The third thing I did. Mm-hmm. Three... three.
0: Uh, tried Factor of
2: Awesomeness. <laughs> I went to play Blackpool. Yes. Tell us about Play Blackpool. Was it good? Yes. I, I, I took a week off work helping James RGP, Retro Games Party, set up and tear down the event. Yep. So I got there on the Thursday before the event and left kind of Tuesday after. Yeah. So you uh, earned your got, keep that week. Yeah, I did. Yeah, nice yeah. one. And I also met Martin Bedard there, who is the world record holder on 1942, a game you may have heard of.
0: No, never heard of it before. Is it like? <laughs> not, is, it, is it as good as 1943? It's a lot better. Yes, I know it is. Yeah. I'm already joking.
2: Oh, am I? <laughs> <laughs> so I've got a about 25 minute audio diary. Yes, I've heard it, think. and it was absolutely brilliant. Should Thank we put that much. in about now? Yes. Here it is, people. Hello, it's five o'clock on Thursday the 30th of April. I've been helping set up the play Blackpool Arcade a bit with Mr RGP and Mr Anthony Graham all day. The guys from Haslandon dropped all the cabs off yesterday and we got here in the morning and now we've put them into three large circles. There's about 80 odd cabs. And now, well, tomorrow we're just going to give them a test and see how they run. So we've got the basic layout and we'll take it from tomorrow, see how we're doing. Well, James, that's the end of a long day. It is now 20 to 7. No and we, comment. And we would have left earlier, but I had to rigorously play test 1942 to death just to make sure it was working, and it was. Really? It was working. 787,000 worth.
3: That's like a personal record to you, isn't it?
2: It is, and I did it on the second go, so I can beat that tomorrow. So we've got to get here at 7.30am. <laughs> oh, my <joking>. Yeah, OK. <laughs> There's a whole McDonald's breakfast thing again tomorrow.: too. Oh, Yeah. We're just walking out now past a load of PS4s. Yeah, and we'll catch you tomorrow. Hello, it's half past one on 1st of May. The event is really taking shape now. All of the consoles are set up. The PS4 bank is set up. The vendors are just here. John Studley's just arrived, he's setting up his Pac-Man, he's going to have a quick go on that for an hour. The Sky Saga, Oliver Twins' new game is being set up as we speak. And yeah, it's going well. Also got Mr David Hamilton helping out. Mr Tronad, say hi to podcasting people. Hello, podcasting people. (laughs) He's putting the keys on everything. And John's setting up his Pac-Man. Say hello to the podcast people, John. Am I live on the podcast now? Eventually. Eventually. (laughs) Yeah, well... Here we are um, play Blackpool. Hopefully um, it's going to be a perfect game this time. Yeah, it's looking good. How, how are you feeling? What's your, your actual feeling about it? Well, I'm feeling very confident, to be honest with you. Yeah. Um, if I think about it, because I've not played since
0: um, November, so it's basically five months I haven't played. Yeah. But confidence-wise,
2: I'm very, very confident. I always am. Yeah, well, that's good. That's yeah. good. That's half the battle, isn't it? Yeah, and if I didn't have that confidence, I wouldn't be doing this. I've just moved on to something different but I'm just so close now that you've got to be confident you have to be I can recommend knitting a lot less stress the perfect pattern (laughs) (laughs) yeah brilliant (laughs) I'm going to (laughs) knit that alright mate see you in a bit yeah thanks Sean well it's half past eight on the 1st of May I'm just driving home from Blackpool the arcade is 90% done there's just a few little last things to do which I think will be done either later on tonight by James or tomorrow morning I'm a bit tired I've had my head in the back of cabs all afternoon which is unusual for me because I've no idea what I'm doing just checking bits had not fallen off and that and shaken loose but it's a bit of an education for me it was very good oh I'm a bit tired oh that's a massive seagull massive seagull I love that pool Oh, and also on the seafront, there was a massive sign outside one of the arcades just past Central Pier saying it's here, Star Wars Battle Pod. So I'll have to check that out tomorrow, maybe, or Sunday. Hey kids, it's 10 o'clock on the 2nd of May and Play Blackpool is just about to open. I'm just going to have a quick walk around before it gets mega busy. We've got Paul's Arcade Machines. We've got some lovely arcade games on the right there. Hello. We've got Sky Saga, which looks like a Minecraft thing in space with portals and stuff. We've got fun stock who are selling the JXD and the Amiga Visual Compendium. Am I right? That's Mike from Wolverblade, which is an awesome Golden Axe-style slasher with an authentic backstory and great graphics. Really nice, sexy graphics. More arcade machines. Hello. We've got hundreds of consoles, a shedload of consoles. There's Galaxian on the Atari. There's Warlords on the Atari. Manic Miner on the Spectrum. Tetris on the Amiga on 2 on the Amiga. Stunt Car Race on the Amiga. Winter Games or Summer Games or one of the games. Thing on a Spring on Commodore 64. Looking lovely, R-Type on PC Engine. Oh, that'd be a good version some fighting of the streets Psycho Fox on Master System Parasol Stars on NES Mega Man on NES Metal Gear on NES Mario Brothers on Famicom Polestar Star on Neo Geo CD some Nintendo 64s running some bonkers stuff PS1s more PS1s more PS1s ah 3DO Amiga CD Famicoms and Super Nintendos. Oh, we've got some Oculus Rift things going on. A game called Terror. Big Bank of PS4s. Motocross game. Drive Club, which had a go of the other day, which is amazing graphics and skiddy as hell. Really good. Got Jeff Mint's stand over there. It's got a load of indie games. Tower Fall. A Cuba. Titan Soul. Shovel Knight. Rogue Legacy, which is a good game. Oh, Tony. Yeah, hey, mate. <laughs> Hey Andy, alright, how are Hello, you doing? Oh,
4: you, uh, podcasting I'm just yeah? doing a walk around yes, before it beautiful. opens. How are you doing? Alright. Yeah, good, 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 good. It's Tony Doyle, alright, sir? Morning, sir, how are you? Oh, yeah, I'm alright, I'm just doing a,
2: a oh, last oh. minute podcast walk around before oh, it gets too busy. Okay. How do you like our setup? It's alright, well, is it? Yeah, yeah. good,
4: yeah,
2: I'm going to have a walk through the traders' hall and see what's going on there, and then back, and we'll have um, a load of games. Indeed. Yeah. Ooh, Arcade Club. Can I have one of them? Arcade <laughs> Club Hoodie.
4: No, Nick one. One. One.
2: Yeah, Ooh, <laughs> oh, look at that. Hang on. The largest classic video arcade in the UK. You can't have a hoodie. I think you need it. to cut your hair a bit so you can just oh, read no, it. Like. <laughs> <whoa,
4: whoa>, <laughs> it's a feature now. People inspect the hair now, so I've got to keep it. Yeah, it's yeah.
2: Like,
4: That's not the same guy here, the long
2: hair. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> go on telly. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
4: Just buy yourself a
2: clip-up.
4: I don't know, yeah, i Right, I'll be back in a few
1: minutes. here in a minute.
2: That's Andy, part of the uh, arcade club, and Tony. And some guys shouting on stage. And I'm just going to have a quick walk around the Trader's Hall before it gets rammed. Right, just walking through a little alleyway. Starquake 2 on the Atari. I'm sure I had that on Commodore 64 a Summit. Right in the Trader's Hall, we've got a warp zone. We've got a, a full-size R2-D2. It looks awesome. Computer shop Antech selling motherboards and stuff it. Like uh Console passion. Guitar hero. that's no, a game you fool. Some other stuff. Game dojo. T-shirts. Retro gaming. Oh, retro gaming roundup. Some guy selling shurikens and Japanese knives. That looks good. Ooh. Retro GT, people are coming in now. Right, so that's it, all the lights have been dimmed, it looks like a proper arcade now. And people are just, just come for the arcade, sod the rest of you. <laughs> right, i speak to you later, goodbye. It's ten to six on the Saturday, I've just left the event, it's been a really good day played loads of games chatted to loads of people made some new friends and people i knew from the forums and then uh sort of put in faces to them i don't know whose faces but they were faces a couple of other things i noticed walking around there's a, a f- couple of well maybe three oculus rift games running there's a load of xbox 360s that i never saw that i haven't mentioned earlier Playing something called Halo, and now I'm going to drive back to Blackburn to the Batcave event, the monthly Batcave event, to play Vector Pilot on the Vectrex. So I'm looking forward to that. Also, I improved my score on 1942 to 909,000. So that is one now. I'm determined to finish it. I am going to finish that game. So hello, Uh, this is Martin Bedard, the world record holder on 1942. It's a privilege to meet you, sir. How are you doing? Uh, It's nice to meet you. I had no idea that you'd be here. What are you doing
4: in the UK? Uh, I'm actually uh, working in London for about a month at British Airways, so I thought I'd come by and see uh, what events were going on. I saw Play Blackpool, I'm like, oh, that's interesting, so I thought I'd come down. Excellent. So your world record is 13 million and something? 13 million something, and, and to be fair, it's, it's the world record as far as the Twin Galaxies database is concerned, but I'm fully aware there are better scores out there. Is there? I, yeah, I wasn't aware. Course. But there, but it's still a pretty good score. I mean, it's reasonable. So, 1942
2: is my favourite game ever. Um, I'm up to about 900,000 on it. I'm just getting into a groove. What tips would you give me to improve? I'm okay on the ability, on the dodging. The lapses in concentration is where I die
4: how to correct lapses in concentration. Mm-hmm. No, that's a, that's a tough question for me. Uh, you know, it's one of these things I wish I had something better than practice to say. I mean, if you yeah. want scoring tips, I can give you scoring tips with lapses of concentration. That's that's something you got to work on. Go, oh, give me scoring tips. Your own. <laughs> scoring tips. Okay. Well, uh, for example, uh, if you're really pushing for points, uh, your little uh, side chips that's some, that you can sometimes get as a power-up, yeah. those side chips, if you intentionally crash them into uh, some of the larger planes, it'll give you 5,000, Or ten thousand points if it's the biggest plane. Ah, I didn't know that. That's an Uh, What else? well the biggest way to make points obviously in this game is when you get to the final boss I know you're not there yet yeah. but when you get to the final boss if you defeat him at, as, at the same time as you die you get another chance to go at him and yes. you still get the points Yeah. so every run through to that final boss the points you get from him and the other of supports give or take 75 to 85 thousand points every round so right, if you can get excellent. there for all your lives which is 19 or 20 depending on the settings that's a lot of points It is. It is.
2: I've got to a point where I'm still Seeing new new ships, new attacks. I got I got to a point I didn't get to yesterday. Across the bottom of the screen came grey ships from left to right horizontally. Grey ships from left to right. Yeah, and then they swoop up. Grey planes. Green. It's a, it's about I don't know what stage I'm on. I don't think I'm yeah. maybe halfway through or less than halfway through. From the back, you say? Not more like For, from, the from the, side. the sides. Yeah. Also, yeah. Come coming similar to the green planes, yes. except now
4: they're coming back. Yeah. Like, yeah. Is, is there anything else after that? Any more surprises? No, I'd say like the extent of it at that point. Yeah. It's the Great Plains, and you have kind of the ones that look like leaves also, that kind of yes. come from the top. Yeah. And also the ones that are a bit more pointed. But uh, other than that, no, I think you've seen the extent. I think it just gets more busy after a while. Yeah. But... Uh, no, you've seen most of what needs to be seen, I think. Oh, that's Obviously, good. Obviously, there's a few patterns on the bonus stages maybe you haven't seen yet, where they come out come in from the sides, perhaps. Right. Yeah, there's a few like variations on that. But I think you've seen most of what you need to see once you get halfway. What, what stage
2: are you in? 900,000, I guess, 16 or so? I think so. I didn't look, yeah. yeah. And also, I found out yesterday for the first time, there's a, a, a bug in the scoring that stops the extra lives. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I'm going to have to investigate on this machine as well, but how that bug
4: works... It's basically, let's say you're getting your extra lives and sets to 80,000. Yeah. Now, if uh, when you get to the end of the level, you get 20,000 points bonus because you have more than 95%. Let's say you had 75,000, yeah. extra lives at 80,000, but you skipped past, you went to 95. Now, the way the game's w- logic works, it expects your next live is going to get an 8. And it looks it's looking for that 8 digits and your 10,000, but you just skipped over it. So gets confused and you'll never get any more actual lives for the rest of the game. Now, do you play with that in mind? Do you just yes? You do. All yeah. right. For the first million, when you're getting your lives, because after a million, you don't get any more lives. Yeah. There's a couple of trouble spots where, depending on how you're scoring, at a certain point, you get consistent about how you score, and you sort of have to remember, okay, at this point, I don't want more than ninety-five percent, so I let a few ships go. Wow. And stuff oh my. Like, like right at the second level, second and third level, you have to be aware of that, otherwise, you'll get yourself into trouble.
2: So when you get to a million, normally.
4: How many lives have you got? When I get to a million points? Yeah. I think at a million, I usually haven't lost any lives yet, so, generally. So you've got, like, 20 or something. I, I've got to the end of the game of all my lives. You <laughs> so oh, that's brilliant. That's how you're going to get your high scores. And that's how I got, like, my 13.5. But when I got to that point, I wasn't expecting to get to that point, let's say, at the time. So I screwed up a bit on the milking of the last boss so yeah. technically if I didn't screw up a couple of those lies, my score would have been closer to 13.8 right oh wow High score I've seen is somewhere is 14.1 something and I think if you can top out around 14.2 Again, it depends how you're setting extra lives or you have how many ships you start with. But uh, 14 to is probably like the upper bounds, maybe a bit more. It depends how many times you get 100% on levels. If you get a 100%, the game says you got 10,000, or I forget what it says on the text, but it gives you actually 50,000 points yeah. when you get 100%. But, uh, you know, at the very end, uh, when you're about to land planes come out right at the last second yeah so you have to be really lucky that you can kill those last ships at the last second before you land because those count against your percentage so that's why it's hard to say that you can get 100 percent every time on um, levels where it's possible because you can't really there's always that little yeah there's a luck element for those last ships even if you did perfectly if you get to the end and your shots are not in the right place maybe you'll just won't happen for you yeah how did you record your score was it with a referee or was it uh, there was a lot of people around the time it was oh, yeah. during the fun spot tournament so there were refs and people all over so it wasn't oh, uh, it wasn't done in the dark but at the time i didn't I did not have any recording equipment unfortunately it right. probably wouldn't fly nowadays but uh, there were a lot of people around so. when was it oh, when was it was it 2004 2005 i forget it was a long time ago yeah. uh, and you still play it Do you still enjoy it I still enjoy it. I can't say I've played much since, honestly. Yeah, you know, yeah. I, I tend to play a lot of different things. But, uh, maybe one of these days okay, I'll get another try. I'd definitely like to meet that sport I've seen. That's 14.1, 14.2. That, that's a that's an INP, actually, that's well, onla- online if you know where to find it. It's, it, was, it used to be on MARP, but it was removed at some point. But it's it's still floating around out there. It's uh, an interesting performance to watch, definitely. I'd like to go for that and score
2: it one day. <laughs> <Maybe>. <laughs> so what other world records or uh, games are you very good at?
4: Uh, I'm pretty good at uh, OutRun. OutRun, yeah. Yeah, I got a... Uh, maybe different discipline, driving, yeah. Oh, yeah, I like uh, a lot of different types of games. Yeah. Like shooters, driving. I think I I play most types, except maybe pac uh, John won't like me about this. Uh, Pac-Man, yeah, pac- I'm, yeah. I'm not a fan of maze-type games, unfortunately. Uh, maze games and sports games, I'm not crazy about. But everything else... Nice. I think i can play it, sure. Excellent. Well, yeah, I love OutRun. I love uh, Smash TV. Yes, Smash I TV like is that. Smash a great yeah. game. Oh, it's too bad I don't have it here. But uh, that's They're, a good one. The guys, they do have it, but they just haven't bought it. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Oh, uh, it's too bad. If you can travel 40 miles west, <laughs> east, yeah. sorry, it's there. <laughs> yeah, no, that's okay. Uh, I've played, I played a lot of Smash TV. I, I can finish Smash TV. I don't know of anyone else... Finish finished Smash TV on one credit I, every once in a while I'll look it up online to see if anyone's done it wow there's credit. no reported game awesome. completions as far as I know wow oh, yeah. would you mind later on if we have a quick go
2: on 1942 and show me a few tips yeah well, I was definitely planning on it Oh brilliant well it's good to speak to you Martin thank you very much and we'll speak to you a bit later and have a little go on 1942 sure alright thank you very much yep It's getting on for 20 to 5 On the Sunday afternoon, this is so noisy in here now. Some music playing, God knows what it is. And I've had a great day. Somebody playing some rhythm game there. I watched Martin Bedard play 1942. He hadn't played it for four years, and then he completed it on his last life. He admitted he was a bit rusty, but to still complete it after not playing all that time with a score of £12 million because you get the £10 million bonus at the end is amazing. So I went on after and got a million, so I'm very pleased with that. I know I want to improve on that. Um, yeah, it's been a good day. It's 20 past nine on Tuesday the 5th of May. It's very quiet in here now. The event has finished. I've come to help RGP load all the cabs back onto the vehicles that are just backing in now. 240 footers full of these machines back to Haslindon where the guys that side will offload them Hi listeners, it's 12.48 on Tuesday afternoon, we've just finished loading all the machines into the back of 240 foot vehicles that are going back to Haslindon, I have got a car full of stuff of PCBs and drills and and also I've got a 1942 this little audio diary about Player Blackpool, if I listen back to it, it's probably been play 1942. Sorry about that. I've got a bit obsessed with it, but I'll be all right once I've played it and finished it and that. So the 1942 is going back to my house, and I'm going to have a good go on that for a few weeks. And all the rest of these PCBs are going back to James's. Uh, what else have we got in here? Tons of stuff. I can. Add the car is about three millimeters off the ground. It's that heavy. It's Wednesday, the sixth of May. Play Blackpool has finished, and I'm here with James RGP. And what are your feelings on the whole event, James? Over the over the week, really?
3: I'm exhausted, to be honest, but it's been a fantastic event. Just shy of 80 machines there. Everything's behaved pretty much perfectly. No major issues. One tiny little bit of damage, unfortunately, on return, but we'll get that that we'll get that sorted out. Uh, but as far as you know, the crowd loved it. The crowd just. They seem to just flock towards the machines. It's kind of a deluge. You watch them coming through the door. And it's, I was playing Star Wars on the, on the Monday as we opened up, just testing it, and there was like a crowd just appeared on every machine around me yeah. <laughs> for the first five or ten minutes. I'm shattered because it's back-breaking work, and as you know yourself, because you've been helping out. But, uh, well, very rewarding. I love doing these things. Yeah, it's
2: worth it when you walk in and you see all those machines there. And also, the whole event was good, really. There was a lot of other stuff going on. Did you get a chance to walk around and have a look, by any chance?
3: Well, I said this about Manchester when we did that, and there was 150 machines there. Um, I believe there was a show going on around us. (laughs) Uh, I got to have a go on Oculus Rift with Jeff Minter's TXK. Oh, I did, yeah. Uh, That was... Amazing to play, and I I just came off it, took the headset off, and i like, Want, 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 just you know, it was that whole, sort of just shut up and take my money kind of thing. <laughs> I don't care, here's, here's, here's a card, just put it on that. I'm taking a lot away, I want it. <clears throat> yeah, it was good that that's the future. Can you imagine us all playing Pac Man on that thing in a bit? <clears throat> well, that's the thing, I'm
2: not sure it'd add anything to it. Not the old 2D games, but these new ones, I think it would.
3: Mm, maybe. Don't mm. know. It, it took me a while to get my head round the fact that you've got to actually move your head on the warp level on okay. TXK. Yeah, it took me a little while to realise that the headset had motion sensing in it and you had to move around you the warp level after we played it a few weeks ago at Batcave and you just, it's just a joystick.
2: I didn't know that. I asked Jeff Minter what was going on. I said, I can't get through them tunnels. <laughs> he says, you've got to move your head, which is obvious really, but if you've never used the technology
3: before, it's not, is it? Uh, no it's it's kind of a learning experience um a great one at that and i'm just really sad that nobody else unless it's a show you're not really going to get the chance to experience it i got the chance to speak to jeff kind of formally and informally on sunday night just prior to the screening of world one one that they were doing and um there was kind of a bit of an ask me anything going on to those people who'd who got the, the tickets? Yeah. And so obviously I shoved my hand up and out. Uh, two questions I, I wanted to know, and one was about the whole sort of animals thing, because, you know, he's, he's Lama Soft, Revenge of the Mutant Camels, Rat Yak, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> you know, what was the deal with that? And it was quite cool, actually. He gave. A pretty cool answer you'll see it on the video when uh, when that gets put out and the other thing obviously i brought up the question that everyone was too polite to ask which is why have tempest being a pain in the arse with you when they shouldn't be and you've done some great work why why are they now trying to punish you for for nothing yeah and uh, so he, he went into that a little bit and hopefully some of that'll make it to the editor of that because it was being filmed on the sunday night was uh the crowd talk right
2: well, thanks very much, James. Onward and upward. The next one now is NERG on the 20th of June,
3: is it? Yeah, 20th and 21st, so the trucks start rolling for us on the on the Thursday, so yet more back-breaking, cab lifting and fixing and stuff like that for the next four or five weeks, followed by a weekend in Newcastle, which um, I love. I love the Newcastle event. i not a big fan of the yellow lights. But I love the atmosphere up there. The the locals are absolutely amazing to to get on with. They love the games. Uh, there are a lovely bunch of people up there. I love working with Phil and Roll on Roll on Nerg.
2: Yeah, and the last year the evening event was good as well, wasn't it? With those two comedians, it was it three comedians? Three weren't it? was oh, a bit pub.
3: of a blur. I remember us going to some <laughs> some Mexican restaurant afterwards. But you know, after a day of with your head inside and a soldering machine, soldering iron, and your head inside the back of a, a machine. T- everything in the evening tends to fall into a bit of a blur and you, you kind of want to have a... You want to relax, unwind a little bit, have a shower. You remember yourself and me and, um... Uh, Simon, Simon from Clarkade, Clark- yeah. From Clarkade. Uh, we all went out and uh, had a couple of extra drinks and uh, that meal at uh, Las Iguanas, uh, yeah, Which was very nice. nice. Very nice and civilised for us people in our uh, you know, slightly older age, you know. Not, <laughs> yeah. not this, uh, you know, this town centre bar thing. Uh, Clubbing and you, Where you're shouting at each other, What?! <laughs> Oh, no, uh, yeah, well, yeah. no, it's loads of fun there. This, year, this year's going to be uh, pretty busy and the next little job here, which is a little little plug for you, because we're sat around at your house, is we're going to get this 1942 machine of mine working for you and sat here and then you can hopefully be this, you know, do this million point game and are and you're going to chasing the world record at that point. I'm not going to chase a world record I just want to finish it that's what I want to do because to get the world record
2: you've got to be almost perfect and I know I haven't got the patience or the skill to be perfect on a game so I want to get through to the end which will be about hopefully about two and a half million and then you get the 10 million bonus for finishing it. Yeah. yeah, we were loading it into my car and the back door fell open and the PCB fell out, didn't it? That's what. Uh, You're uh, not supposed to tell people about no, nightmares. No. No, so that's what we need to put cut, back cut in. Out, cut that out, that <laughs> That green thing with the black bits on that makes things the work. Scary,
3: the scary looking bit, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Lots of wires. Yeah, my missus look at that and she got. She used to be really scared of that sort of stuff and be like, ah, wires. No she's like, yeah, it's all right, I'll put it back together in about two seconds. <laughs> so. Right. Thank you very much, James. You're very welcome, and thanks for the uh, thanks for the cup of tea as well. No problem.
0: Excellent. Really like that. Uh, hopefully, he gave you some good tips for your favourite game. Cool as he that. He did. He did. And you watched him complete it. Apparently, yeah, he went all the way through. Yeah, and he hasn't played it for like four years. Oh my yeah. lord, how good is he? I know. Oh, I swine! Know. Jealous He's... again. Yeah, so we talk about that a bit later, I think. Mm, yeah, indeed. Mm. Right, some of the things I've been up to, bloke. Um, you yep. can t- tell us a bit more about Playboy a little bit later on, actually, because uh, you, a- you did quite a few things there. It's quite nice, wasn't it? Mm. And also there's one coming to
2: my end of the, the country as well. Margate. Yeah, yeah, play Margate. Can't believe that. Are you going to come down for that one? It's a bit far, actually. I think, from what they've said, they're only going to have about 20 cabs.
0: Okay, a bit of a smaller event. Yeah. No, oh, I'll still go. It's not far from me, so I might even go on the train take a day out.
2: To Seaside. Yeah, you can do like a little audio diary yourself.
0: Yeah, probably will actually be quite mm. cool. Well, some of the stuff I've been up to, I've had a chance uh, to get in the the garage and actually been playing on a few things and trying to restore. Because I had another cab come in, uh, we'll talk about that later on in the pickups, and I had to move through things around and put stuff away because there's just so much stuff on the floor. Well, I got the, the big 23-inch black and white mono in the death race. Actually, yes. it all bolted in. It was a bit of a nightmare getting in there because it's on an angle. You've got to hold it up. I had to hold it up while the wife screwed the, the bolts in for me and stuff because there's no way I was doing it on my own. Absolutely no way to kill myself. Mm. So I got that in. I've finished painting the side, which is all nice and glossy now. I got to do the, the detail of the, the side up, which you have got to do in, with the little tiny brush when I've got time. I've yeah. bolted in the pedal section. I've bolted in the steering section. I need to get uh, the bezel reproduced. I've got onto Ollie Muddy Music, who's our art guy, who does all the art, and he reckons it can get done on a thin piece of Perspex printed on there and then put sort of um, a Perspex piece behind it to make it a bit beefier. Because I also need to use some some tinted Perspex because there's so many scratches on the screen, which is a bit of a bummer, and I Mm. will hopefully get a a reproduction for that one day or, or a TV in there, maybe. I don't know. But that needs to be sort of blanked out. If you put... Dark perspex on it. You can like hide it a little bit. It's good for hiding blemishes and, and screen burns. So hopefully I'll be able to sort that out and leave it alone because I know the monitor works. Yeah. Uh, and just a few other little things, but mainly just get it in there, get the wiring in because I know it all works and get it going. So it's nearly mm. there. I'm getting oh, quite close good. to it now. I've also that had is. the, the jet fighter I got the other week. Yes. I've DC modded the PCB on it because it works on AC and old AC games, it's a 40-year-old game now, they use like quite high voltages on it, and for some reason, don't ask me why, they run really hot. Mm. And the actual, the main um pin on the board, which takes in the, the, the AC voltages, which then gets converted to DC for the board, are really high voltages, and they get really hot. And it's actually, it almost burnt a hole in the board. It was that wow. high. It was a big scorch mark on the back of it, and you can almost see through the board. So I had to take a few components off and sort of wire a few little jumper leads in. So I converted it to DC. And I tried it out on a little loom I made up to test it on the sort of uh, the PBM Sony monitor I've got. And when you turned the the thing on, you could see a change in the screen. It was like the screen was all over the place. But I had this problem with the death race that this monitor doesn't tune into the quite the right frequency. So what I need to do is get it in the cab, wired up to a switcher, and all the different bits I've got to make for it and sort of rewire it and get it all sort of in there to try on the proper monitor. For all I know, it might even work, but I'm quite doubtful it'll work.
2: Yeah. Because
0: when Marty Smartin had his, he's got his identical cab off the same guy I bought mine off. Of, uh, it didn't work quite right, but it didn't take him much of a fiddle to get it going. So apparently they're quite easy to fix for him anyway, because he's quite a talented guy. Yeah. Um, but hopefully he'll help me out with that one. He's been helping me out um, a little bit, telling me what to do and what to try. But I'm not quite there yet. I'll try and get the the death race going. But like me, I want to get all my fingers in all my pies. I'm trying to get everything working. and It's a bit of a nightmare. You've just got to concentrate on one thing. And I've been making some other bits as well and trying the things. I'm all over the place. I just need to calm down, do one thing at a time. Mm -hmm. But not like that. My head goes all over the place. Too many things going on. I want to get everything done at once. It's difficult. So I also needed to fix the right-hand joystick on the jet fighter because the button was, like, seized inside. So it's got a, a fire button on top of it on the joystick, like a sort of a thumbstick. Yeah. And that was seized inside. So I, I got all that out. It was a bit rusty inside. I got it all apart and rec- cleaned it all off. And it was a bit broken inside, so I've, I've glued that with some um, epoxy resin. It's all together now. I hope you can put it back together and hopefully make it work. And I've made some... I've started to make some extra buttons for it because I know Martin's got a button missing on his or he's got one that's not quite the same. So I'm yeah. making him some some repro buttons for it because he wants some buttons. Um, so hopefully get all that sorted in there. I'll give it a clean. And it's it's quite nice, actually. It's quite a nice little machine. There's a few nicks and bumps in it, but
2: for the 40-year-old machine, it's pretty good. Mm. So I'm happy with it anyway. Is it the same width as a standard cab or is it slightly wider? It's a bit smaller. Is it oh, the jet, the... jet fighter? Is quite small actually. It's, it's oh, really, right. it's really, it's not very deep either. It's quite shallow.
0: Oh. So like, when I put it next to my my dig dug, I put it right against the wall. It's got about I don't know eight or ten inches inside the depth of the, the dig dug. So it's quite a small cab. Oh. <laughs> it's only a little thing.
2: Oh, that's different to what I thought actually.
0: No, no, um, Death Race is massive. Yeah, Death Race is a beast of a thing. It's huge and mm. it's damn heavy as well. Uh, I've also made uh, a thing called an eight bit vert stick. I can see the very shiny picture here. Yes. Basically, I needed a joystick for my 8-bit computers and consoles, you know, Atari 2600, Commodore 64, uh, Spectrum, yeah. Atari 800XL, you know, all that sort of stuff, Amiga and all that lot. Yep. I was just using an Atari stick or also a, um, a Quick Shot, which I never liked because they always hurt me hands. I never liked holding onto the bases and, and holding them and using the suckers on the table and all that lot. And yeah. I never really got on with the trigger sticks. I've never been very good with those. I always yeah. like a joystick and separate buttons. Yeah. So I thought I'll oh, make, make myself one. You know, it's, it's only like a nine pin D plug with the, the wires going to up, down, left, right and a fire button and, and common ground. It's that simple. And also there's a little, there's a five volt and a ground from the computer. So you can actually put little lights in there and all sorts of bits and bobs and circuits and stuff. You know, how I can it be, I, I got some perspex I had already left over and I made a box basically and some little pillars in the side to screw into the sides of it to make it rigid. And I made an eight bits footstick, stick, which I'll put on the show notes, a little picture of it. And it, even though I made a bit of a miscalculation with the, the depth of the joystick that's in it, I thought it had to be thicker so I can actually make a thinner one. And I'm going to make a Mark II, a lot, lot thinner. And I'm going to make it out of um uh, ivory-coloured Perspex so it's like a beigey computer boring colour. And put some... Because <laughs> uh, I've got arcade joystick in it and arcade buttons which are proper leaf buttons, a so nice soft touch, real quick buttons. Yeah. And it works a treat. It works really nice. But it looks quite bulky and big. But because it's made out of Perspex and there's nothing inside it, basically, it's really, really light. And mm. it works a treat. What I'll probably do is I'll either give this or sell it off cheap to someone who needs one. And yeah. I'll make myself a Mark II or it'll be a bit thinner and a bit mm. lighter, hopefully, as well. But it's, it weighs nothing. It really does. Nothing it does too. look good. Yeah, I really like using it. It's a lot better than a, a rubbish old Atari stick or a, you know, a, a quick shot or
2: whatever. So it's got, is it the nine-pin plug on the end of yeah, it? Yeah,
0: just a standard Atari one. It goes in an Atari yeah. or uh, other ones use it. Most of the old computers use it, that sort of thing, you know? Yeah. So it works a treat, though. It works really nice. I was playing, I had a quick go of 2600 uh, Night Stalker earlier, I was playing on that. It's great. So yeah. much, you, your, your gameplay goes up a mile, because it's, it's a real nice arcade sort of style stick and that, and the buttons are proper leafs. It's really cool. Excellent. Another thing I was doing as well is I was toying... Uh, and it's one of those things that sort of got in my head and sort of backed off in the end because it's going to take too much effort to do it. I was toying with making an LCD marquee display that I can bolt to the back of my Naomi cab. Yeah. Because normally they had a, a plastic, um, a sort of plastic retainer on the top, and you just put a static picture, you know, a paper picture in it.
3: Yeah. I've and seen the light
0: them. from the yeah. actual marquee the, below it lights up underneath it and it's just a display really. And I thought to myself, I can make a bracket quite easily that bolts to the back; it's all steel construction. With an LCD screen on it, like a, a sixteen-nine, uh, like a nineteen-inch PC LCD screen on it. And what you can get, if you're quite clever, and I sort of got it working, is when you choose a game in Marla, which is my uh, main front end of, of choice. Yeah. You can get it to display on another screen from the game screen different things like you know how many buttons it uses and how many joysticks it uses and and maybe some instructions or history about the game. But what I wanted to do was actually display the marquee picture. So yeah. when you choose, say, Lunar Rescue, you get on the top screen, above your proper screen, which is playing the game, you get the marquee up, which is quite cool. And then when you mm-hmm. go out of it, you can have like a standard static display, like say the Tenpence logo. And yeah. then when you choose another game, say you choose Donkey Kong and hit the button, the Donkey Kong logo comes up, the Donkey Kong marquee comes up, all automatically. Mm, and i got it good. working, but if you think I've got, say... For instance, 300 games on on my main setup. You have to make these thing called lay dot lay files, which tells the game what file, what picture to use, and how big yeah. it is. I and mean, it's got to be all standardised. If, it if it's not exactly right, it will not work. And what I use, I sort of I went online to find out how people did it. And what you can do is you can generate these lay files. Yeah. But when I did it, it all worked. It did all like hundreds of them, but it didn't do one thing right. And then what? When if I just go in there and edit it, it's just a text file. It does it right. But I don't want to go in and edit 300 of the damn
2: things. Oh right.
0: So I don't know if I can be bothered really. <laughs> but it would it would look really nice. I mean, we had like a little sort of a little fancy extra. So if anyone knows how to do this, can you please tell me how to do it with a method, or do it for me? I mean, <laughs> I'm a bit lazy. But yeah, I, I think if I get all my other projects doing, I might go back to it and have a go. I did manage to do it, and it's quite easy. Yeah, oh, so you're close then. Yeah, yeah, I got it working, yeah, yeah. but it's just trying to get everything going. You know, it's a bit of a nightmare. So. I want to get my cabs up and running because I've got that jet fighter's not working and I've got the Death Race, which is nearly there. I know it works, just need to get on and get on and do it. And I'm sort of getting close to it, you know? Yep. So what else did you do at Play Blackpool? What what caught your fancy there? Oh, I went on Oculus Rift. I spoke
2: to Jeff Minter. Oh, the Llamasoft yeah. man, the yak. Yeah, I yeah, just had a quick chat with him. Well, kind of chat at him, really. Yeah. I, you think went, he was- I love him. I love these games, man. I said, tune into the 10 pence arcade, Jeff. <laughs> he just looked at me. He went, what? <laughs> he just What's sort that? of blanked me. I thought, oh, God, I think he's a, a, having a bit of a busy, stressful day. So I, I started gravitating on about something else about Atari. That's suppose everyone spoke to him about I Atari. I bet they did, yeah.
0: He's probably sick and yeah. tired of it now.
1: Atari sucks, simple as that. You suck!
2: Nah. And that TXK is good on Oculus Rift, but I, I didn't work out you had to move your head to get through the tunnels. There's like an intermittent level. Yeah. In between the levels where you, you move your head to go through the tunnels so while moving right. the stick and, and then all Yeah, of a I sudden... suppose,
0: I suppose, cause it's the Oculus Rift bit, which, you know, is the VR business. They must have to do something with the VR rather than just your hands on a stick and some buttons. So there yeah. must be a, a part in there that, that needs the Oculus Rift. Otherwise, it'd just be on a, on, you know, on a PC or whatever, wouldn't it? Yeah. That's yeah. cool. So you enjoyed, um, that game?
2: Yeah, really good. And, uh, I spoke to Jim Bagley, who was, demonstrating his little ZX81 that was running the Dragon's Lair video on it. Do you know what? That shouldn't happen. I know, it's incredible. <laughs> I,
0: I, I looked at it a little while ago on, on a, a video and I was thinking, they must be using a super zooped up ZX81 with like a million K RAM or something. I'm not sure. Do you know how, exactly how
2: it works? Because it seems like it shouldn't.
1: It's witchcraft.
2: You switch it on and then the picture comes on. It's something like that. I don't want to get too technical, but that's kind of what happens. I'm glad you're here to tell me these things. He's got like a little expansion pack at the back of it, but I think it is only 32k. I don't think it's massive. Oh wow, really? Yeah, and and that kind of boosts it. Yeah, yeah, but, I bet. But he was putting other. We asked him like how he did, how he were doing it, and he was going into details, which completely went over my bald head. Did you go all that glassy-eyed
0: and moo? Oh, that's good. That's
2: good, is mm. that? Exactly. But he put li- different videos on. So he put, like, a um, Bruce Lee Enter the Dragon little three-minute clip.
0: Oh, cool. Oh, that's an and that, that... One. that doesn't seem right, does
2: it? I know. That's He's very clever. That's fair, clever.
0: So you could actually play
2: Dragon's Lair, or is it just a, a, like a running demo? You can play Dragon's Lair, like, move left, you know. You, really? Really. You just get a choice, don't you? Yes, yes. Uh, yes. It's, a, it's a Twitch game, yeah. Yeah, it's like a multiple. You get to a certain point. You've got to wow. press. Up, down, left, right, or sword. That's it, really. Yeah, yeah. And then it runs a different bit of video. So, yeah, that was working. That's amazing. How cool is that? Yeah. He's a clever man, isn't he? Mm.
0: Doing manic minor on Pac-Man hardware and all that sort of business. Wow. Yeah. That's awesome. That's really cool.
1: Yeah, there's lots
2: of other stuff that went on, but it should, should all be in the audio diary. Indeed. Yes. Okay, then. Let's do a bit of arcade news, shall we? From around the world and the areas that may be local to ourselves, full Indeed. stop. Indeed.
0: So we got a little bit less news, but more detail apparently.
2: Yeah. Mm. Here's
0: one I found on, I think I found on the UK VAC forum. Uh, Spartan X, which is also known as Kung Fu Master, it is number two has been found. Yeah. Which nobody knew about. It must have no. been a, a promo that never came out. Maybe. Uh, mm. They found the ROMs, and I think before long it'll be playable in MAME. And there's a video, yeah. which is on our, our show notes, and it looks cool. It looks like a sort of um, a graphical update with some extra bits and bobs in it. It looks really cool. So I, I like Kung Fu Master anyway. Yeah. And it looks really nice. Really nice game. Looks even
2: tougher. Yeah,
4: yeah. it's a, I, I bit of a difficult game one,
2: anyway, yeah. Yeah, after the first level, it gets re- it, it, really hard. I think. Oh, you find it difficult? I do. So next week's game,
0: nice people. <laughs> I can get to about level four. I've never done it. It's one of those games I'd like to do, like Green mm. Brace. I might concentrate on that one next. Ah. Mm, you're not very good at it.
2: Mm. Mm, oh, dear.
0: Yes. <laughs> so that's that one. And also, talking about sequels that never came out, Missile Command 2 has been found. Mm. Now... This one is on, uh, I'll show notes, send it to UK Vac and there's a, a link on there to it. But this was a concept game, not released in 1982. I think it went out for field test, as far as I can read. Yeah. It was on a cocktail cab. It ran on an Atari football cab, which already had the roller balls, the track balls on it. So they just nicked one of them and put this Missile Command 2 in it. 1982, this was made, and basically, you played two players together. So one player had on one side, they had all their bases and it was hmm. like the aliens going in the middle and someone on the other side had their base on the other side. And apparently you could fire at each other rather than playing co-op and killing the aliens and them obviously trying to get both of you. You could actually fire an extra missile at your, your player's, your mate's base. Yeah. And it went faster. Um. But I don't know if that was actually implemented in the game or not. But there's been, there was, there's someone found um, an Atari document indicating some of the, the gameplay mechanics, and they were saying, you know, it's the three the three buttons as your base is to fire, like, normal uh, missile command. But they were going to put another button for, like, a rapid uh, missile to shoot at your, your opponent or your mate, whatever. Yeah. It sounded brilliant. But this game is not to be confused with the missile command updated version. They called it missile command II, as in two, you know, Roman numerals, which yeah. was released with the updated version of Centipede. On, I yep. think it was like a System 2 cab sort of thing, which was not very good. It was released in 1989. It wasn't number two. It was like a sort of Redux version of it, which apparently isn't very good.
1: Mm. Mm.
2: Right, I found on a website called Gamma Sutra yes uh, a convoluted history of Gradius and its sequels. It's a really good read. I read it. Mm. I liked it a lot. I didn't know that it was actually Scramble. They wanted to do a sequel to Scramble. That's how it started. It's sort of um well, you know, Konami made Scramble and Gradius. It's yeah. obvious really because Scramble
0: was a, a left-to-right shooter with bombs and, you know, a little extra weapon and that and you go through
2: terrain. And so is Gradius, but Gradius is sort of a better version of it, I suppose. Yeah. Mm. We called it Nemesis and then we it did, introduced that power-up system that everyone loved. Power-up and then, then you've got. I've just quickly run through them. You've got Salamander after that, which became Life Force, which was slightly different graphics. Yeah, yeah. Because it was they thought thought it would be better based inside the human body, so they called it Life Force. Yeah, like a sort of uh, Fantastic Voyage type thingy. Yeah, and then mm-hmm. it went back to Japan as a Life Force, uh, but a slightly different game. You've got to read it. Gradius 2 came out, but it's we very interesting. It, I loved it. We called it Vulcan Venture, Gradius mm-hmm. 3, Salamander 2. Did you know Zexex, Z- EXEXX X was actually part of the Gradius family? I didn't. It's quite a good little mm, game, actually, as well.
0: Yeah. Quite like that one. I may have, I may have had that game at one point years ago, you know? The actual PCB right. of it. Or it might have been X Multiplier. I can't remember. I always get mixed up with those two because they're both shooters. You both got, good
2: as well. You got Gradius Gay Den. Yep, never played that one. Solar Assault, which is a 3D version of that's another one in the family of Gradius. Yeah, I never knew that. It looks quite nice as well. You've got Gradius 4, 5
0: and Gradius Rebirth. I like those on PS2. Yeah. Nice looking games. Really beautiful
2: looking games. Then you've got the parody one called Parodius. There's loads of Parodius. There's quite a few of yeah. those. I had one on the uh, SNES thought it was really good. Mm-hmm. And then recently, well, 2007, you've got Otomedius, right? Have yeah, you heard of this? I think I've
0: played it on X2 hardware, maybe. I think it came out. I don't quote me on that one.
2: You've got Otomedius G and Otomedius X. Excellent. Yes. And it's Gradius, but with manga girl pilots with the boobs out almost. Yeah, slightly dodgy. Yeah. On the age type. Yeah, so it's interesting to read that.
0: Yeah, loads of... There's more, more sequels. I knew there was a lot of sequels but more than i thought actually loads of them mm. some some good some really good games in there not all of them some
2: and there's a uh, atari's new business plan i found online yeah i got some stuff to say about this mm, interview <laughs> with the interview with the current chairman and ceo fred chesney at the minute right according to him they've only got 12 employees yep. at atari from 10,000 to 12 mm-hmm. New ideas that they're all over the place with these ideas, right? What a crazy ideas. One of them is called Pride Fest, and he says it's an exciting new social sim game that gives anyone the chance to create and launch their own personalized pride parade in their city. So it's linked to the gay pride movement. I think yeah. it's going to be like a social, maybe Facebook game, even. <sighs> i know atari what's going on they've got atari casino in europe which we have spoke about before where you can play like black gambling. widow's mm, nah. black widow slot machines and taking the old ips and gambling them. thing. yeah the asteroids outpost for pc which we've mentioned before yeah which has nothing to do with asteroids That's nope. absolutely awful Atari Fit for iOS and Android, a fitness app that offers workout plans and rewards users with the coins that can be used to unlock classic games, including Centipede Pong and Super Breakout. Yeah, guess what, guys? It gets <clears throat> worse. Go on. Right. Yeah. Atari <laughs> Arcade website, which I had to go on, yep. has free remakes of classic games. Again. I tried the Missile Command one and the mm-hmm. Yars Revenge one. Missile Command is just mouse button.
0: Oh, God, yeah.
2: But it's these flash graphics, and it's just, I don't know. Can they
0: use three keys on the
2: keyboard? I didn't even get Mm. that far. Just pressing one mouse button. And they're also somehow got the Rollercoaster Tycoon IP Atari. So they've done Rollercoaster Tycoon 4 for mobile. They're also looking into how to appeal to Brazilian gamers and gamers aged 40 to 60.
0: Yeah, that top-notch line of gamers from (laughs) 40 to 60. Hold on a minute. We're in that uh
2: <laughs> so There's a little soundbite from Nolan Bushnell in this interview, and he said, to the extent that they do good engineering, good design, they have every opportunity to be a good success. Will there be another Microsoft or Sony? Probably not, but they could easily be a Zynga, capturing good games with the right dynamics.
0: Yeah, Zynga. Who?
2: <laughs> yeah, they were so big, weren't they, a while ago. It's probably still massive now, but they've sort oh, of... I've never heard of them, bloke. What have they, they do? no. Facebook games, Farm Saga 7, Crystal 9. Yeah. Oh, that.
0: sorry, you woke me up. What? Who?
2: Yeah, Chicken Feeding Simulator 7. And oh, t- oh loads load. I'm enthralled.
0: Of- I'm, I'm going to leave now and go and download that.
2: Loads of stuff like that. Really? Yeah. Fred Chesney, he says, right, at the end of this interview, we're just trying to do the right thing for the brand. We're making mistakes. We're trying to be very humble, trying to test the market. We've had great success with Roller Coaster Tycoon, less success with the other games. As long as we're humble and try and listen to the community and change things when they need to change, that is how we work. It just takes time. So there's scattershot things all over the place. Did you just see me roll my eyes wildly then?
0: I did. Right. Here's what I have to say about it. Here's my ten pence worth. (laughs) Ten pence. The thing about the the Pride Fest, right, doing a game about Pride Fest, Uh, the gay pride is a massive thing. And they've got it sorted, I think. They know how to have a good time and they know what they're doing. Do they need a game? I think gay people can just play normal games. Yeah. I'm sure they don't need a, a pride game. Well, maybe they do. I don't know. I can't see it. I don't know. It's not an, Obviously, it's not an arcade game, so it doesn't really appeal to us. But I don't know if they need that. Asteroids or the Atari Casino. Atari, I don't think, were ever involved in casino games, were they? No, I don't think they so. They did a few pinballs. They did a few EM games. Obviously, they did some really cool video games and stuff. I don't think they ever did any casino and gambling. Why, why do they need to move into gambling? That's crazy. I know. They're just trying to use their famous old IPs to make rubbish. I don't know what... They're just ruining it. Just leave them alone. We're still playing them. Mm -hmm. Leave them alone. The Asteroids Outpost has got nothing to do with Asteroids. I know, because I have an Asteroids machine. It's got nothing to do with it. And well, Atari Fit, Wii's do that. That's what a Wii's Mm -hmm. for, the Wii Fit, which was an absolute blast. Why Atari doing that? I I don't... I just don't understand. Atari, uh, obviously famous for doing arcades and home video games. They never did stuff with Fit. It's just... They're just trying any old thing and putting the Atari name on it. What they should have done, and I think everyone will agree with me listen to this podcast, is bring a decent arcade game out. Hmm, TXK anyone? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. exactly. They had one. They chose not to use it.
2: It would have been an awesome game, that. Yeah, bite me, Atari. Yeah. Anyway, let's get them out of the way. Yeah, they're just... just throwing loads of crap at the wall. And And hopefully something will stick. Yeah. (laughs) Not for me, it won't. I'm just going to wipe it right off. (laughs) Yeah, that was good, that. Uh, Sky Cursor guys are working on a second dedicated cab, which they have already sold to an arcade. So things are picking up for those. Yep, absolutely. Brilliant. And there's there's a link to the the cab that they're going to be working on, but they haven't said who they've sold it to yet. Well, I I, I commented on the
0: Facebook page saying, that's awesome, really like it. What I really want to see is a production line of them.
2: Yeah. That'd be lovely. It'll happen,
0: I'm sure it will. Good luck to those guys. Mm. That's about it for our our limited news this week, isn't it?
2: Yeah. Less news, more views. Oh yes. That is good. I was clicking Less news, more views. Listeners. Moving swiftly on. And do some pickups.
0: Well then, I have had a few things. As you have, you cheeky monkey. (laughs) First thing for me, I had a Frogger mug from the excellent RK Mugs, our little sort of co-sponsor, doing some really nice things for us with the mugs. Uh, It's absolutely brilliant. I love it. I've had coffee out of it, and it tastes so much better with a froggy on the side. So thank you to them. Also, (laughs) thank you for supplying Phil Nez for Life, who won our little competition. And they didn't just give him one out of their stock. They designed him a new one. They designed him a play PlayChoice 10, which he's actually got the cab of. So he's over the moon with that. Hopefully, he'll send us a picture of it. So we're going to put it on the show note. Yeah. Uh, and I, it's got on our show notes. Hopefully, by recording, which is now, I'll have my Asteroids Mini. Yeah. Nice. And my lovely little friend, Alex, who'd been up to get a cab from Preston, I think it was, who someone else picked up for him. And he went to see you lot at the arcade club. He did. He picked a little cab up for me. Yeah. Asteroids Mini, which I have in my garage now. I'm over the moon with it. There's a few things missing, which nobody knew about. Uh, it's absolutely fine. The the seller has sorted me right out, been absolutely beautiful about it. He's going to send me yeah. those parts, and I'm over the moon. But I didn't want to play it. That's the only thing. So I'm, I am, I'm happy I am
2: that. I uh, loaded in the back of his van last night. Did you give it a little kiss and put a blanket around it before it went? We put a blanket around it, but not the kissing part. Oh, no. i no. give
0: it a little smooch. <laughs> Yes, I'm, I'm absolutely <laughs> over the moon with that. Um, yeah, so that's awesome. It's right next to the Atari Jetfire. It's similar size. It looks lovely next to it. Really cool.
2: Like you are getting a lot of pick... A lot of... Archa- just Let's just, for a minute, run through your pickups in the last few months, arcade cab-wise. So you've had Death Race. I have. That you was before
0: Christmas, mine. It's been ages getting that going. Has it? When do, You got it this year, though, didn't you?
2: It was just before Christmas last year. Oh, wow. Yeah, well, that's got bit- I've been so slack. Sorry. Hmm i have be rubbish. I need to get on and do it. So you've got Cosmic Alan and Cosmic Jeff Warmouts. Yes, both of those guys came. You've got Jet Fighter. Yep. And now you've got Asteroids. Yeah, so I've got 5 got five in five months. I've I got rid of one. I, t- mm. <laughs> I took
0: um, my last Dino King to Sarge, Silver Fox, this morning, mm. and he's happy with that. So he's hopefully going to do a little project with it. But he might keep it as Mr. Driller. He's oh, got yeah. the Mr. Driller livery on it. He quite liked it, so he might just keep it like that. Mm. so what else have you got tell me about it yes. tell me your best biggest news oh yes go on
2: <laughs> the biggest news for helping out um, RGP they have lent me the 1942 cabaret machine that was at player blackpool you know what you're going to get for that don't you come on
0: it was, yeah it's broken I broke. I broke. So too many uh, don't, pings don't broke the pinger <laughs> yeah so you've got a lovely little cab of your
2: not your own but for now, your own. Yes, I've got it in my front room. <laughs> <laughs> I, right. I saw
0: a picture of you on Facebook hugging it.
2: Uh, yeah, I couldn't help that, yeah.
0: It's a lovely little cab as well. It plays 1942 lovely on it, doesn't it?
2: Yeah, it's a brilliant stick, great joystick, and great little buttons, yeah. nice little monitor. And proper because... little cab, proper little arcade cab, That. So I aim to finish that, but I'm just r- discovering that Martin Bedard made it look a lot easier than it actually is the later levels. I bet. So I can get to the later levels using two credits, right? No, 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 no. no. I know, right, so back. it's not too bad. Yeah. But the last four levels, so it says last stage three, to, no, last stage four to one.
0: Oh, my God, you can get to level 28 at 32.
2: Yeah. Oh, my Lord, that's really good. Just on two credits, though. No, I can't do it on one oh, credit. okay, yeah. Nearly? I, I used four credits on the last four levels. Oh, it really? Just, They're that hard? Yeah. It just, there's not an inch of space on the screen you can go to. There's bullets everywhere. (laughs) You've got to use a roll, haven't you?
0: Yeah. I never use a roll on that game. I never use it. But I've seen people like John Studley, who's an expert as well at it. I've seen him use the roll quite a lot. You need it later on to get yourself out of the poop. Yeah. But tell me your best score so far in that game. You were on 550,000 last time I knew. I think you got 700k... So what are you on now? I'm on a million and fifty four thousand. You are a millionaire old son. Yeah. That's cool. Is that
2: with your two credits though? No, it's one credit. Oh wow. Well done. Uh Mr. Tronad's is currently he had to go straight after me and he got a million one hundred thousand, so he beat really? me. Really? So I thought, right, this is it's a magic cab. I checked all the dips on it and the dips are twin galaxies perfect, so it wasn't set on easy. Yep. We were just both on fire that day. I think we were both inspired by Martin Bedard. Yeah. And now I've got it home. I've got nine hundred and twenty thousand is my highest here at home. So wow. I, I'm going to push it. Push it next couple of weeks, I think. The world record is about thirteen million, isn't it? Yeah, you get ten million for yes. finishing it.
0: Yeah, so it's it does it might seem massive, but that last score when you finish the last boss, you get the ten million points. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's, I've, I've heard of people. I think I know. A guy called Greg, Greg Mott, Robo Robo, Greg, he can finish it. And I think he's got 12 million before. So, yeah, it's it's nearly
2: there. It's in your sights, I think. Yeah. And, oh, I've just had a text from Lewis. He has changed his name by deed poll, his his surname to Batcave. Mr. Batcave. Yeah, Lewis Batcave has lent me a Vectrex with Vector Pilot. Oh, I'm so jealous. (laughs) I need to buy that game. It's lovely. The homebrew version of Time Pilot. It's
0: uh, arguably the best Vectrex game you can buy. Not for long. Yeah, they got a new one. What's the new one
2: coming out? Moon Patrol.
0: Oh! Soon. Moon Patrol. Yeah, Vector I think Patrol.
2: Might, I think it is Vector Patrol, yeah. But that one's actually been in development since 2013, so he's not quick, this guy. Yeah. But, but when the games come out... It's
0: flipping good, though. I've played Vector Pilot, and it is
2: brilliant. It's such a cool version. With Vectors! Yeah, there's a few differences actually. When you play it, it's, it's a really good game.
0: I had a quick go, and I had a quick go at the last art aid. Martin White brought it with him, and he let me have a go of it. And it's it's so polished. It's brilliant.
2: It is. There's cool little cutscenes, there's unlockables. When you loop it, yeah. you can un- unlock different ships, so you unlock the biplane, you can fly as the biplane. Oh, cool. Uh, the helicopter, even a, I've just unlocked a flying saucer that you can play as. And it saves your progress as well, I suppose. Yeah, it saves in the modern stores. game. Yeah, and everything.
0: I'm going to put that on my Christmas list, uh, birthday list, my birthday is in June. And, and, and do you know what My happened? wife keeps saying uh, to me, what do you want for your birthday? Oh, I don't know, I don't know. And I'm going to put that on there,
2: Definitely. When you beat level five, when you beat two thousand and one, yes, you, it, you get this weird cutscene, and it says uh, "disturbance in the space-time continuum." And you go to level mm. six. Six? Six, oh. and it's remember the packing game, Mindstorm. Yes, it's that you could, the, the the theme tune changes to the Mindstorm theme tune, dun 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 dun. dun oh, dun, I love dun, that. dun 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 dun. And then you get brilliant. you get the minds coming at you, and they they. Act the same way as they do in Mindstorm, So the, the jagged brilliant. ones home in on you. The square ones spit fireballs at you when you shoot them. Oh, but that is level is brilliant. actually is quite easy. Actually, that yeah. so you can it's survive that. So cool! That. An
0: extra level.
2: Yeah. Wow. I, I, I'm
0: going to have to buy it because you. I would. I would like. I've got uh, a multi card for the Vectrex, an SD card, and I've got all loads of games on it. And I would like to give that guy money. Here, take my money. You. And yeah. give me the ROM of it because I don't need the cartridge. I don't really collect Vectrex cartridges. You just get—they'd be everywhere because there's loads of them. Uh, I'd like that to, to have a, as a ROM, but he doesn't do it as a ROM because of piracy, which is fair enough. Yeah. So I have to buy it, but it is a proper, polished, factory-like product. You get a case, you get an, uh, an overlay, you get a cartridge, you get a manual. So it's proper, top-notch quality thing. It and is. obviously he's doing Moon Patrol as well, which I do like a bit of Moon Patrol, me. Mm. I've got a, the arcade PCB of Moon Patrol as well. Mm. Yeah, that's going on my birthday list, old son. I want that. It's when about you... 40 or 50 quid. It's got a lot of money, but it is a really nice piece of kit. Really nice.
2: Good. Awesome. And then you shoot the mine Storm craft at the end, you know, the one that spits out the mines. Yeah. You shoot that, and then it comes up. You did it, and then it then it starts back on level one.
0: Cool. Yeah, very good game another little pickup I got when I went to see Sarge this morning I, I took him loads of things around I got so much gear I don't use and he would make some use of it I said here have this have this have this and just gave him loads of stuff with the Dino King and there's a joysticks and some other bits and bobs and hopefully he's going to kindly help me out by fixing a few PCBs because he's getting quite good at that but yeah. he also gave me He gave me uh, an Atari 2600 because I was having trouble with my one. It's been AV modded. It wasn't producing colour. He said, I have this one and if your one doesn't work, give me that and blah, blah, blah. And he gave me a little mod for PC Engine which makes it RGB. Yeah. So I'm going to make a little connector and a little loom to put a PC Engine in an arcade cab.
2: Oh, wow. Because you need
0: RGB to play in a cab, obviously. And Mm. I can make a little pad hat. There's so many games on the PC Engine that are absolutely ripe for arcade I mean, there's like Superstar... Is it Super Stardust? Super... There's a really cool shooter. There's quite a lot of shooters that you'd love on there. It's Superstar Soldiers. And obviously Parasol Stars was actually... There was actually, I think, an official kit made for PC Engine to go in an arcade cabinet.
1: Mm. And our
0: friend Ollie Muddy Music has actually got it. And it, it looks like it belongs in an arcade cabinet. It really does. Mm. And it you would not know. If you didn't know there was a PC Engine in there... You would never know it was a console. It plays really, really nicely. So I'm going to hopefully do that with that. And he's given me all sorts of bits and bobs. He's given me a a a, a made-up Konami 36 adapter because I've only got one and I've got loads of Konami games. I often put two in a cab, you know, a vertical game and a horizontal game. So now I've got two looms, so I don't need to just put one in at a time, which is quite cool. I think you'll get a shout-out and a ping for that later on, you know? <laughs> so yeah, a few little things, bits and bobs, you know, and he gave me some a joystick as well and some other things. It's been actually cool. Nice to see him again this morning, his nutty kids as well, which are also really fun. <laughs> so that's me for the uh the pickups. And you have got some as yeah. well, which is nice. I've
2: actually, I've actually got some. Well, they're not kind of pickups, are on loan, but uh it's still nice. Yeah, fantastic, yeah. Okay, let's moving along quickly to some feedback. Right, Silver Fox, we've just been on about. Yes, he's put awesome artwork. Tina, I assume that it was Alice that did it. I've got to explain this because <laughs> on have. the on the green beret artwork, we had little name tags on our military suits. One said Tina, and one said Alice. Tina is from Wonder because you were dressed up as Tina. I was indeed. That's my new middle name. And Alice was from March in Mays, which was me dressed up as Alice in Wonderland.
0: <laughs> it was. <laughs>
2: Is <laughs> put another excellent podcast sean can you bring me that frog get frog gret game script i want to invest in it you know i was talking about frogger yes but he must pitch it to me in a miss frogger voice a miss frogger i don't know how you do a miss frogger voice that could have been a, a sequel that never existed miss frogger <laughs> i agree about the bitrate quality right quality wise it's the same it's just a lower overall volume turn it up and, and using good quality headphones, there is no difference. But using an iPhone strike iPod with stock headphones, as I assume a lot of listeners do, then I would definitely recommend up in it to 128. No. Shall- All right. Get some better headphones, listeners. <laughs> stock iPod homes
0: headphones are rubbish. Don't use them. I just throw them away immediately when I get the new phone or whatever.
2: Nes for life. Good podcast, guys. So many arcade pings. It was a ping one. Pink-tastic. Maybe Sean should have an in-your-face horn. Hold on a minute. <laughs> <laughs> That's a bit of any climax, wasn't it? <laughs> a rainy commute sit was certainly better to cheers. Good. Ian Ski that was a great listen as always nice work it would be awesome if you both came to Arcade 3 Vic is already a veteran of course I hope you can make it sure and I'm sure us Southerners will make you feel welcome glad you like my feedback I didn't think you'd read out so much yeah yeah we love it we love your stories people please send them
0: in you know we're always after a bit of feedback and some uh, interesting things you might have done maybe you've made something maybe you've got a new cab maybe you've been somewhere it's cool an Arcade Report that'd be excellent we'd like to hear your stories and if you want to do a little audio recording for us, maybe, or even just let us read it out. Little stories. We'd love that. Thank you very
2: much. Mm, we would. Also got some feedback from Jan Holly. A new Who's listener. That? Sneaky wife. So that's it, yeah. She's put, oi, Alice, stop chatting at that Tina bloke and get washing up done. That's you, that is. Yeah, so I had to do washing up, lad.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Mm. Zipper. Right, we're going to talk about Mr. Zipper later yeah, on. Yeah, he's
0: going to get a punch in the kneecap in. The
2: cheeky scamp. Yes, the monkey. <laughs> I loved Green Beret and really enjoyed listening to this. It was my first board, first loom I ever made. I managed to rescue the hostages for the first time this week, too. Bit of a momentous occasion. Hold on a minute. Managed to get... For him? Yeah. He managed to rack up 240k. Hold on a minute. For him. (laughs) The secret to get a high score seems very much to inch an attack rather than rush an attack. (laughs) Absolutely. It is, isn't it? Yeah. Not as catchy title, though. Chinese Burns left, right and centre made me laugh loudly. <laughs> Thanks for turning me onto Iron Horse. Uh, looking forward to playing some Lunar Rescue. We are going to mention that in a bit.
0: Well, by the way, I won that challenge because he got his scoring late. So, ha, null and void, you. 240,000, that's a very, very good score. It is. I think when I completed it and looped it, I was so elated about looping it, I sort of forgot to play the game and just died on the first level straight away. <laughs> but yeah, I was just happy about that. Uh, I've got one here. Cine Steve. I think he's a new listener, I think. Good name. Great work, guys. I'm a new listener and caught by the last one too. Those stories from Alpha 1 were brilliant. Love hearing about what happened to all these cabs when the old arcades were dying. A great listen. Arcade, uh Alex Chucky Egg. Continue on from the last podcast. Very good, old chaps. Now you know Sean's love of dogs, surely now every game has got to feature killing an animal of some sort. Hmm, he's onto something there. That's clearly his weakness. (laughs) Uh, Also, well done for finishing the game, the Green Beret. That was brilliant. Good stuff, guys.
2: Hooray, banana. Another great podcast, guys. Question. Lunar Rescue is very similar to Space Launcher. Did Nintendo borrow the idea from Taito, or was it the other way around? Both are excellent games, but share a similar mechanic. Mm,
0: yes, indeed.
2: We but, shall talk about that, won't we, when we talk about the, the actual game, I we think.
0: We do, actually. Very similar games, and I've got both mm. of them, so that's cool. Ooh. I love Green Beret. It's one of my, It's in one of my generic cabs at the moment. Well, Russian Attack, actually. One of my childhood memories. Uh, I think I was talking about the Commodore 64 version as well, which is quite good. I've been playing it on the, my new 8-bit Vert Stick, and it's a very mm. hard game, the 64 version. Yeah. Uh, when the guys shoot at you, they don't bend down and give you a second. They just shoot mm. really quickly, and you've got to get out of the way quite quick. So it seems quite more difficult than the arcade version, which is weird. Mm. Uh, but he said, yes, on my MSX, it was also very badly ported, because I said the... Um, the Atari XL version was absolutely terrible. Yeah.
2: Uh, Neil 1637, I think he's a new listener as well. Yeah. Just catching up with these podcasts. Great stuff. You're very welcome. Nice to hear you, Neil. Mm-hmm. Darth Nuno Bruno posted a link to a nineteen ninety-two Japanese trade show where Toa Plum are exhibiting Doggy Yoon mm-hmm. One of your with a hand drawn marquee thing above wow. the cow. And Pippi and Bibi's whoopee. Mm-hmm. I've had a look at that. It's really interesting. Yeah, yeah,
0: it was a good little video, wasn't
2: it? <laughs> yeah, but great podcast. Green beret is a fantastic game, and I remember it was a very hard game in the arcade. That's why I didn't put much money into it, but I loved it. One of us can do it on 10p. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, look at you. <laughs> Ting. I, probably I probably can't do it again I was waiting like mad for the Amstrad port of the game I dreamed while I was looking at this beautiful ad in the magazine and as you say what a great cover picture mm. it is They're good. it's good inlay for the cassette that. but I was a little bit disappointed with the Amstrad version the scrolling, Amstrad scrolling was never the best, was it ever apparently not, I never really played yeah. Amstrad when I was a kid but yeah apparently their scrolling wasn't very good the lack of scrolling is put, as usual, with Amstrad games. Mm. My friend had the C64 version, which is 100 times better.
0: Yeah, uh, another one here. Uh, Etienne MacGyver, who's another guy from uh, the Dragon's Lair Fans Forum, DLF, he's put a, uh, he's put up a, a nice list of videos showing the 8-bit computer version of Green Bertie. Hmm. To show how different they all are. And I clicked on all of them to have a look. And there's a link on the DLF, to DLF, which I put in the show notes. And you can see yourself. And you can see how the Atari 8 bit version is absolutely terrible. And for some reason, there's, there's graphical corruptions on it. Yeah. Or we think it's just the guy who did the video. It wasn't actually like that. But the game, everyone seems to think was never finished. It could have been a lot better. And it is awful. It looks terrible. The graphics are see through. They're really blocky. They're just terrible. Oh, but the yeah. MSX version isn't very good either. It doesn't, it looks a very sim- different game. And the Amstrad version, as, as, uh, Daph Nuno said, you sort of, you scroll along, you walk along and you get like a two thirds away the screen and then everything stops. The screen moves over and then everything starts again. It's yeah. a bit of a disappointment. It's not very good. Mm. And I reckon that the Commodore 64 and the Spectrum version were very good ports. The Spectrum yeah. version was done by a guy called Jonathan Smith. And he did some really cool games. I think he did Cobra as well, which was a favourite of mine on the, on the the Spectrum. Really cool little version. Even though it's only like, you know, sort of almost monochrome. But it mm. was very well done. You can see all the graphics properly. It, it plays really well. You've got most of the characters in the game. You've got the end parts of the game. There's a few cutscenes missing, but for 48k, absolutely brilliant. Really okay. cool.
2: Yeah, they squeezed a the lot into that little rubber beauty, didn't they? They did. But I must
0: thank the Dragons Left Fans Forum guys. Uh, we get more watches and, and looks and views on the f- on when we do our advertising on their forum than anywhere else. So the, the cool. European guys must like us. Thank you. Yeah. So thanks very much, chaps. Okay, that's all the feedback done. Let's go and do some shout outs. <laughs>
2: Yes, I'm going to give some shout-outs to people I met for the first time over the Play Blackpool weekend. So, Lezalé70, I finally met him. Dean, yeah? Dean, yeah. Is he as annoying in real life as his scores are when he no, beat he's beating us? he's a nice, he's a nice fella. Mm, yeah. rah, 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 rah. <laughs> Chris Smith from the Retro Games Forum shooter Up League. I met him, you won't know him on if you're not in the league. but, yeah, um, but he keeps keep... beating you a lot, does he? Sometimes, yeah. Nah, nah. yeah. Chinese Burns. Yep, I met four of the Retro Asylum podcast guys. I'm not sure how many there is, but I met four of them. Five million. Uh, yeah. They, they they seem like decent guys. I had a good chat with them. Yeah. I met Phil from the Maximum Power Up podcast, the new podcast that my friend Paul is co-hosting. Yep, I've listened to that. Uh, I met journalist Jamie O'Neill, who's done quite a few freelance things for online stuff and Nintendo Life and stuff. Excellent. He's a decent guy, and also I met some guy called Martin Bedard. He's your hero. He is. I was chatting to him for ages, actually, through the day, because mm-hmm. we were just playing stuff, and then he was playing. He just, everything he plays, he's just awesome at.
0: He's got quite a few world records. I, I looked uh, his thingy up on um, Twin Galaxies, and he's quite good at a lot of games. Is he very good at Galaxian as well?
2: Oh, he's just brilliant at everything. He's yeah, got. those kind of guys usually are pretty good at different games, aren't they? i think he's got 15 arcade world records wow and about 30 main world records oh wow and then overall about 100 kind of number one world records and a load of twos and threes but the arcade stuff is currently number one at 1942 obviously Mm -hmm. astro invader Depth Charge, Guerrilla War. Some of these are old games. Yeah, yeah, they are. Limans, Red Alert, Sky Shark. What is Sky Shark? Oh, that's Tower Plan. Yeah, yeah, flying, it's very
0: shark. flying Shark Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, Smash wow. TV. Yeah, you can complete it, can't
2: Carney. Yeah. Oh my lord. Time Crisis Three, Turbo Outrun. All right. Wow. One of my old favourites, he's a world record holder on, and Twin Cobra, another tower plan. That's quite a lot of different games, you know, racing games to shooters. Oh, that's really good. I said that to him, yeah, the only ones that were in the interview, the only ones he doesn't like is Maze Games. <laughs> oh, right, OK. Yeah, he's not really into them. Yeah. And I would like to give a shout-out to Alex, who we played loads of games with last night, and he gave me some good tips on Juno first, Mr Chucky Egg did. That's a great game, that is. Difficult, but, but great. Yeah, he can get 50,000 on the first two levels if you play it right. That's because he's cheating. Probably. I can only get, <laughs> get 70,000 tops normally, so that, I should improve my game now.
0: And the reason Alex knows a lot about that game, apart from he's quite good at it as well, is he watched another friend I, I mentioned earlier, Robo Greg, uh, Greg yeah. Mott, and he can get about 6 million on it. He's really <laughs> good at it. It's, it's almost like that. everyone says, and it's quite a fact, that it's an upscreen defender. And I like it better than Defender. Sorry, Williams, guys. I do. But it's I a do. very similar game. It's Konami. Mm. Uh, yeah, cool little game, actually. And you've got to, there's little disciplines. You've got to get, wait for stuff and get things in a certain order. You can get bonus points and multipliers and you can get quite a lot of points. Yeah. Mm. So I'd like to thank a uh, big shout outs to Phil, who sold me the jet fighter, been really helpful with it. Super guy. Uh, also, Martin Smarty, who's got a jet fighter, has also been helping me out. They've both been helping me out a lot. Yeah. Uh, so good, good on those. I'd like to, as I said earlier, thank the members on DLF for viewing our podcast and sort of getting into it and really enjoying it. It's cool. And also Alex as well, again, for him, for getting that cab for me earlier. Absolutely
2: top, top, lovely, lovely bloke. Thank you very much, Alex. Do I get a, a, a ping for helping Alex carry it into the back of his van? You can. Thank you. Do you know, we only bumped it into the wall a couple of times and dropped it down them steps outside Arcade Club once. Don't say that.
0: Not even in jest. It's not <laughs> no. on. I don't like it. Also, I'd like to thank, thank Sarge this morning for making me coffee and giving me loads of stuff and having his nutty kids entertain me and that. It's great. Nice to see <laughs> him again. Okay. What console stroke computer games should have been in the arcades? Cine Steve, the guy we mentioned earlier, one of our new listeners, on the subject of games that could have been in the arcade, I like the Commodore 64 versions of 180, which was a darts simulator. I had this. It was quite fun, wasn't it? It was with That good. sort of, uh, yeah. that chopped off hand used to wobble around, he used to throw the yeah. darts. I That'd like that. That'd be good this, on, yeah. a, a trackball, I reckon. Have, it, have <laughs> it sort of wobbling around, you've got to sort of try and keep it steady with the trackball as it's moving around and then press the button to fire him. That'd be quite a cool little game, actually. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's a good idea. And he also said Park Patrol and Zed. Never recalled there being a darts game in the arcades, and 180 had great music. Far too easy, but a hardened trackball version could have had my 10 Ps.
2: Mm.
0: Also, Exelon on the Amiga, which I downloaded the other day on a play that, would have been good in the arcades. Another title with a good soundtrack, although maybe a little biased from my own nostalgia. Check them out, and I have done. Also, our friend uh, Nurmix, who did that bumper at the start of the show, the nutter, yeah. he's chosen a game called Baby Joe, which was on the ST and Amiga. I looked at the video of this, and it looked really cool. It's like a little platformer, yeah. sort of in the style of um, Bonk on the PC Engine, which is a cool little game. But you play a little baby, uh, and it looked really cool. I downloaded it and played it on the Amiga. Far too hard. Far too hard. Didn't like it. It's really, really difficult. But it looks really cool. The graphics are real fun and cartoony. It would be good in the arcade, I think. Imagine the artwork would be quite smart for it as well.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And Le Soleil 70, I hope I'm saying that right. Am I saying Les- that right? Le Soleil. Yeah, Okay, I
2: think.
0: 70. He's uh, chosen Prince of Persia by Broderbund. Uh, we may have had that on before. Man. I think someone else might have said that. But yes, mm-hmm. lovely little platformer. Yeah. Eat your 10-piece quite quickly. He looks quite... You can die quite a lot in it, I think. Hmm. Okay, right, let's go and get a drink and pop on a musical interlude.
2: And this is... Altered Beast from Sega, 1988.
1: Why from your grave. Wise
2: from your grave. There's, there's that, and also what else reminds me of the... Uh, welcome to the Fantasy Zone. Get ready from Space Area. Yes. Those, those sounds oh, just bring back so much memories of walking in those arcades. Yeah, Sega, even though I don't like all their games, they had great music.
0: Let's yes. have a listen to that, shall we?
1: Rise from your grave.
0: Okay, after that cool piece of music, let's go on straight away, featured game review. Take it away, Sean. This game
2: is called Loony Rescue. It is. You're rescuing loonies. There's some loonies have landed on the planet where they haven't even got a space helmet on. Yeah, loonies. Loonies. So you've got to pick them up. Technically, just stop. Yeah. It, it's quick. This game quickly became a favorite of ours after playing Olds Cab, Alpha One's Cab in Revival, Wolverhampton. Would you believe that is last August? We played yeah, that. it's
0: a while ago now, isn't it? I remember that. Yeah. Well.
2: I liked it so much. I had a t shirt printed with a little design on it. And what have I got on now? Oh, <laughs>
0: there it is. I can see it. No one Luna else can. To... No yeah. can. We might have oh, yeah.
2: to put a picture of that on the show notes so we can see what oh, you're yeah. wearing. I must make a note, the listeners cannot see me. Oh, yeah, I've got it, I've got it, yeah. Right, this was a friendly competition last August, yep. and it developed, and people were actually queuing up to play it. We were actually all lined up trying to play this game and beat each other's score. It
0: was it was back to the arcades in the 80s, it really was. There's people queuing up to play it and jostling around. It was great fun, a lot of
2: fun. Now, if, if you remember, the highest score any of us got was about 8,500. Oh, Really? Uh, yeah, just remember that when we talk about these amazing scores at the end of this. That some of F-CG. you have been getting.
0: Eight mm. and a half thousand,
2: you just remember that, right? So it's from Taito, November 79. It's Space Invaders follow-up, really, yep. on similar hardware. I think the sound is discrete circuitry, so a bit different. Yeah, we've got some issues about the sound, haven't we? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. It's two-way stick and fire, fire yep. stroke thrust, that is it. Yeah, very similar to Space Invaders uh, controls. Yep. Exactly the same, in fact. It's designed by the, the legend Tomohiro Nishikado who did Space Invaders as well. What a guy. Right, in a nutshell, this is Space Invaders meets Lunar Lander. It's a single screen, two-stage game. Descend from the mothership at the top of the screen. Float down, avoiding scrolling asteroids and shooting stars. The flyer says shooting stars. are actually flashing plus signs. Yeah, a lot of dots. Yeah.
0: and, and <laughs> A few of our, our friends on Twitter were flying into them thinking they wouldn't hurt you.
2: Yes, yeah. they do. <laughs> Let's so see we, we found out. Yeah, You need to collect them for power-ups. Collect them, lads. Yeah, honest, <laughs> <God>. Honest. <laughs> yeah. You can use your thruster to slow the descent to get out of trouble to dodge these asteroids, and yeah. then you land on one of three platforms at the bottom of the screen. A little asteroid, asteroid, asteroid. It's a bit like an astronaut,
0: but um, a robot one, probably.
2: Yeah. Asteroids run across the screen, get into the into your little craft. <laughs> And then the ast- asteroids disappear and they're replaced by space invaders. Well, they're called, they're called alien saucers on the flyer. Okay. And you start going back up the screen. But this time, you fire button shoots a bullet. Yeah. And also it thrusts a little bit, increases your thrust. If you hold it down, it makes you go a little bit faster so you can evade and dodge things a bit quicker. Yeah, so you've got to fly back, either shoot the saucers or dodge them and get back to the mothership and dock. Yeah, the mothership's sort of going left to right up the
0: top. Uh, and you've got to sort of get to it. And when you get close to it, it stops and opens its doors, and you just go
2: right inside it. Yeah, the platforms disappear as each astronaut is collected. Mm -hmm. You collect all six astronauts to clear the board. Right, there's lots of ways to die. You can crash into asteroids, you can crash into shooting stars, saucers, you can get shot by them. You can miss platforms and crash into the ground. You can miss the mothership and crash into the roof of the game. Yep. Uh, The points, the saucers are worth 30 or 50 points for the smaller ones. Yep. Platforms, you land on the biggest one, it's 50 points, then the medium 100 and the bottom 150 points. Yep. Then you get bonus points for rescuing all astronauts. You get yep. 500 you get points. 500
0: if you get all six safely. Don't lose any of them.
2: You also get a fuel bonus, which we didn't think, but we you We found
0: do. out, didn't we? You start off with 800 fuel points. Yes. And if you, if you press the button to, you, to, You know, evade some of these stars or or asteroids, and sort of you 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 float slowly. You don't stop, but you go slower. You thrust and go slower from your descent, and it it loses the points quite quickly. So you can go from eight hundred quite down to zero quite quick. So you don't hold it and just sort of tap it as you go down.
2: The strange thing is you don't use your fuel when you're thrusting upwards. Yes, yeah, that it's only on the way down when you're yeah. trying to avoid the asteroid, which is a bit weird. Yeah, so this game is similar to Nintendo Space Launcher, as we've mentioned, mm-hmm. which was released November 79, the same month. Yeah. Odd, um, that, not it? Yeah, there's one by Universal, released in August 79, called Galaxy Wars.
0: Yeah, that's very similar to Lunar Rescue.
2: Yeah, so you've got very these three similar. games that have... V- all very similar, mm-hmm. where you kind of control Galaxy Wars, you control a missile that goes up the screen.
0: Yeah. It looks very sparse. That one looks very yeah. sparse. Space Launcher on the Nintendo, i actually got the board. It's a, it's a ROM swap for um, Space Fever, and I've got yeah. it in my machine behind me here. And I mm. think, and I was talking to Alex earlier about it, we were discussing this week's game, we think the Nintendo version's better. Uh I was speaking to him last night about yeah, it, yeah. It is I think it's a better game. It's slightly different and there's more points to be had and you get more bonuses later on in the game and it progresses a bit easier as well. I think it wasn't it's not such a, a very difficult curve.
2: Yeah.
0: And I do prefer it actually, and I prefer the music in it and, because 'cause I've got real hardware as well. We haven't got that problem with the music, which we'll get onto in a minute.
2: Yes. Yeah. Right. The play tips, um, as we mentioned before, rescue all six asteroid asteroids. Asteroids. Yeah. Asteroids to get them bonus points and use use as little fuel as possible to get as you could. Well, the first level you can get away without using any fuel. You can just glide down to the platforms. Yeah, it's just
0: to avoid them, isn't it? You'd have to
2: thrust very much unless you get yourself in trouble. So you can collect 800 points off the first level. Ooh, 800 lovely points. Oh yes. Watch for when the mothership stops moving across the top of the screen. As soon as it stops, yep. you know that there's comets. Those dastardly
0: comets. Nobody likes these things, do they? No. They sort of appear out of nowhere, and they come diagonally towards you, and they, they do go for you as well. Yeah. Um, but when you get halfway up the screen, they won't come anymore. But no. They just come out of nowhere, and they, co- they go for you all the time, so you've got to quickly get out of the way. But luckily, you don't get as many Space Invaders on the screen on the early levels. So you sort Mm -hmm. of know when it's going to happen. when that ship stops, as you said, you know this horrible thing's going to happen. It makes a sort of weird weird noise as it goes down,
2: trying to crash into you, which is a real pain. It really goes for you. I've noticed on... I've got to board six on it, right? Wow. And then the comet's attack even if you're above halfway i'd oh, say really? they still come at you when you're three quarters of the way at the screen oh that's that's the swine isn't it yeah so i stop in the middle it's, it's best to stop in the middle of the screen so you've got you can move left or right yeah a bit more to dodge them. if you're at the right side of the screen and it's coming for you you've got you nowhere got to move yeah oh that's a bit of a monkey that one that must get really difficult later on yeah wow they uh, more Point tips, yeah, shoot the smaller sources for 50 points. Try and get all of them every time you go up. Yeah, the little ones, yeah. And don't shoot them in the centre, because like Space Invaders, if they fire a bullet, both your bullets cancel out.
0: Yeah, very similar hardware, very similar play yeah. tactics
2: there, yeah. You lose a life. No, you don't. You lose an asteroid if you hit the side of the mothership, but yeah. you don't lose a life. That's weird,
0: that, because if you mm. crack... What I did the other day, which annoyed me again, <laughs> is, um, if you don't land, you can land on the platforms on the side of the platform. You don't have to get them spot on and you don't have to thrust like Lunar Lander. Yeah. To, to land safely. You just, just dump yourself on a platform and you're there. Yeah. But if you get sort of on the side of it, you can fall off the platform and crash your ship and you do lose a life for that. Yeah. I was stupid enough not to quite get there and, and knock it off and you do lose a life for that
2: Yeah.
0: but when you hit the side of the mothership the little guy goes <laughs> and falls out of the ship <laughs> but you, you don't get you don't lose a life as you said but you don't get the 500 point bonus because you've lost one of the geezers
1: mm.
0: um, yeah. but if you lose a life on the way down like you crash into an asteroid or you break your ship on the bottom you don't lose the guy you mm. just lose a life so you can still get the 500 point bonus for getting all six guys back
2: yeah. So, and if you yeah. lose
0: a guy, you don't get this, the five hundred point bonus.
2: Yeah. Uh, also, uh, you get an extra life at three thousand. Just one extra life. That is it. Yeah. Do that on the first level, easy. Yeah. Yep. The largest sources fire the fastest, so watch out for them. They're real mean later on, aren't they? Yeah, They're like they lightning. are. Yeah. You can almost crash into the underside of the mothership and still dock if you if you're in. Yeah. I've sort of crashed right. Inside it. Not not on the outside of the ship, but where the little opening is. Yeah, you don't have to be very accurate, do you, at all? Yeah. You
0: just sort of ram it halfway in the hole.
2: Yeah. <clears throat> right, what I do. This is what I do. Okay. I get the middle platform first. I land on the middle platform first. Oh, somebody's been reading the history on
0: MAME, haven't they? No. It tells you all about this. Does it? Yeah, yeah. Exactly what you're going to say.
2: What? Oh, I haven't read that bit, oh, honestly. <laughs> uh, I did. I was looking for as many hints as I possibly could. I clear that bit first and then yep. go at the middle. And then the two outside platforms, if you don't clear the middle one, when you start off from the outside platforms, I normally swoop into the middle so I can dodge the comets. But if that larger middle platform is still there, you crash into it. Yeah. So I clear that middle platform first, yep. and then I can swoop into the middle and go up the middle. I always try and go up the middle.
0: Beg my pardon. The yeah. main history actually says do the right and left-hand one first, then go to the middle. Because they're the hardest ones to land on. Because when when the, um, the asteroids are coming scrolling from the left and the right, if you're down the side of the screen, you've got no. They just appear. There's no room to manoeuvre. So I presume mm. they think do that. You go into the middle and then swoop down to the left or the right. Don't go down the right hand side cause you, or the left hand side. Cause yeah. You're going to get hit by something because it just appears out of nowhere. But yeah. the the actual asteroids have got a pattern. They all mm-hmm. follow it the same way. There's like different scrolling levels of them. But the some of the asteroids stay the same pattern as they go past. So I yeah. presume there are some patterns for it if you're sharp enough to to work out what they are. But yeah, the game it, does get really quick later on.
2: Really yeah, fast. It, it adds more asteroids to these scrolling things yes. as well. Yeah you do get quite it gets really hard it quite does. quickly as well, I think. So what's your opinions on the graphics and the sound on this then bit? Really sparse
0: because it's nineteen seventy nine remember. But yeah. I do like that that palette of colours if you remember back when we played Pulsar, yeah, yeah which I won. <laughs> they they had only that sort of um, the cyan, magenta, yellow, red, blue, green, black, and white. Yeah, those really sort of sim, almost like the spectrum colours on the ZX Spectrum. That's you know the eight colours. That's all you got. And yeah. I like that old school palette because it looks like a late seventies, early eighties game. Yeah. And the the graphics aren't quite Space Invaders. They changed Invaders a little bit. Mm. And there's a, a nice little cutscene at the start where they, the Space Invaders sort of they do this little dance sort of thing. And when you get to level, what, is it three or four?
2: You clear three. Yeah. yeah.
0: And you get a little, they come up and they, they've got this little word bubble coming out of the big guy, and there's some little guys next to him. It's all sort of in like alien hieroglyphics and it changes to FIGHT! Because yeah. They're obviously getting annoyed with you getting up to level three. Uh, the sounds, right. Let's talk about the sounds in Maine. The sounds in Mame uses, I think, as you, you rightly said, I think it's discrete logic, which yeah. is what the Space Invaders sounds used. Space Invaders PCB used an eighty eighty CPU, yeah, and so did this game. But the sound logic was uh, TTL, which isn't hasn't got a processor, and it's not emulatable in Mame. So what they yeah. use, they use samples. And for some reason in MAME, they used to have really cool samples which sounded just like Space Invaders. And yeah. later on, I think they tried to simulate it. Yeah. And they did something, and the sounds just don't sound right, especially in Space Invaders. And they've used this kind of method for this game, and it, it doesn't sound anything like the proper arcade game. I actually got onto Ol, who's got a proper Lunar Rescue cab. Hmm. Uh, and he didn't get back to him for it. I think he must have forgotten to do it, but he's, he's given us a score, which is cool. Uh, and he's also got the Bray's multi Space Invaders ga- game on his Space Invaders in his house. So I actually had a look at it. Yeah. And obviously that uses Space Invaders hardware because you put this onto a proper Space Invaders board and you get different versions of Space Invaders and Lunar Rescue. Yeah. And it uses a Space Invaders sound, which I think, I think the actual PCB, which I used to own, I've had this yeah. game before, uses. And yeah. I think the sound of the, the swooshing that comes in from the left and right, you know, when the asteroid comes at you, uh, it yeah. makes this sort of like weird whooshing noise. And I re- distinctly remember that being very different from the MAME samples. And also, on the Braze multi-kit, I think it just uses the Space Invader sounds. It hasn't got the same TTL logic sounds.
2: It does, because I was playing it last night at Arcade Club and it does have that, Bra- uh, that Space invader sound. And yeah. also, because it's a multi-kit... It doesn't have the colour overlays. That no, it's all black and MAME white, MAME isn't it, it, on the yeah. mirror? So it's, it actually looks pretty cool. Yeah, that, yeah it does. It's,
0: and it, it sounds way, way better than MAME. Mm. But on an actual Space Launcher, uh, sorry, Lunar Rescue PCB, the sounds are different again, as far as I know, because I've actually owned the board. And yeah. I remember it being very, very different, especially when that whooshing noise I mentioned. But also, when you pick the guys up at the bottom, they they run across... And they made this really bassy sound when they run. Yeah. And on that board, the same as the space invaders, you can actually adjust each sound. So there's only about six or five or six sounds on it. And you can adjust the volume of each sound. So you can have have the bass turned down quite a lot, turned quite up a lot so you can hear it. So it's very, very different. And the main samples are terrible. They're really bad. Mm. It plays this really weird tinny tune when you get an extra life. Yeah, which I'm sure it doesn't do on the arcade version, the proper version. I never remember that ever. I, yeah, I'm trying to
2: remember that to last year. I remember the sounds being different. Very, but yeah, yeah, yeah. better playing on a real cab, I think. Mm. Uh, improvements and control methods. I reckon. I have put here the control method is perfect, but I've changed my mind now. Oh, okay, because Why? too many times you press the fire button and you thrust a tiny bit without firing and you crash into the ship you're trying to kill. I've done that loads of times, absolutely. So and- I reckon it should either have a two-buttons, thrust or fire, or a four, uh, an eight-way joystick where you push up to thrust and one fire button. That'd work, wouldn't it? Mm.
0: Yeah, yeah. Or well, a three-way even, left, right and up. Yeah. Yeah, that'd do it, wouldn't it? Mm. Uh, one thing I did not like about this game, and it, it sort of ruined it for me. I've gone from really loving this game, because I used to own it, and I played it a lot, and then we had a really cool time at Revival, I've gone, I've sort of gone the other way a little bit. I've gone off it a little bit, because when you sort of play it and you're trying to get a score, and I'm a bit competitive and I was trying to do it, didn't do that well, I noticed that I I started finding faults in the game. I don't know if I'm doing it on purpose, but I noticed the collision detection in this game is awful. It's really bad. When when Mm. you first start your ascent upwards, if a space ability shoots you, it goes right through you and you don't get killed. And sometimes you you can shoot them, and they don't kill. It doesn't kill them if you're right
2: at the bottom of the screen. Yes, bullets don't get you. I think it gives you a a bit of a
0: chance because you've got no chance to get out of the way of it because they shoot you straight Mm. away. But I also notice when you shoot them sometimes when you when you press the thrust button and hold it down, it doesn't fire sometimes, like you said. And you 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 know you need to kill that alien that's just shot at you. And some of the bullets, like space invaders, you can shoot them, but some of their bullets will go straight through your your fire. And it's, it. it's deceiving somebody whether you're going to shoot it or not. And also, if you if you um hit an alien very close to you, its explosion will blow you up as well. Mm-hmm. And when you get near them flashing stars, they tend to get you sometimes when you're not even near them. And I think it sort of goes half your way. Sometimes you can get away with stuff, and other times you'll get killed by stuff. And that really ruined it for me. And it sort of annoyed me a bit, and I rage quit a few times. I got a bit... Shirty with it, and also the game. When you're trying to get a score uh, without cheating, using any sort of you know, mucking about on main, it starts off very, very slowly and very easy. It does. And the first yeah. few levels, you take a bit of time getting through. You want to rush them through, and it'd be quicker if you could. Maybe if you could descend quickly. You know, like on Tetris, when you pull down, you pull the pieces down. Yeah. Maybe you could yeah. pull down, like you said, with an eight way or a four way, and come down quicker, so you can get down real quick. Mm. And maybe they give you a bonus for getting down quick or not using your your bonuses. Or maybe if you get up quick, you know, without shooting yeah. anything, maybe get a bonus. Or if you shoot them all, all the aliens, you can actually shoot them all on the screen, get a bonus. Yeah, so that'd be good. There's loads of room for improvement and some little play bits. But the the thing that killed it for me, really, is that when it gets to level three, after you get the message, it gets really hard, like yeah. really difficult. And as you say, when you got to level six, it gets even harder. I didn't know that Yeah. because I didn't get that far, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah, it's sort of a, it's a game of its time. It's very simple and very simple hardware, and I think it did really well.
2: Mm -hmm. I found the collision detection with the asteroid section when you're descending.
0: Mm
2: -hmm. I found that bang on. I found it pixel perfect. But like you said, when you're ascending. Yeah. There's some dodgy, like you said, there's some dodgy bits where you hit the side of ships and it the doesn't blow up. Yeah.
0: yeah. Yeah. It is a bit annoying, especially when, yeah, when you go down, it's not so bad because you can actually miss some of the asteroids by a real hair's breadth and you'll, you'll miss yeah. it and get away with it, which is how you should do. And then when you're going back up, they seem to have missed a few things there. Yeah. And you oh, it's just annoying. It got me a few times. And when when you're trying to sort of have loads of games of it to try and get better and better, I got bored of it because you have to start at that really simple level again. It's like running through treacle. It's like you were going real quick and getting a load of points and getting up quick and loads of space invaders and asteroids. And all of a sudden you pl- start playing again a new game and it's like a snail's pace. Mm. Really slow. So yeah, it didn't it didn't have that replay value for me one after the other. And with Green Beret which I absolutely adored, I wanted to play again and again and again, and I could get through it quick. You know, you could inch your way through it, like we said, and get loads of points, or you could just whiz through it and try and do the game. And I enjoyed that a lot more than this one, unfortunately.
2: So, yeah, I went off it a bit. Yeah, I, I still, I, I played it hell of a lot because I was trying to beat these guys that were beating us. Yeah, uh, we didn't manage that, did we? <laughs> no, nearly, but <laughs> no, no. I think um, Alpha One said a while ago when we were discussing this on the forums, he said, how about a bonus for not moving at all or using your thrust and landing on a platform? Yeah. So you just sort of line like? the mothership up, press the button to open the docking bays, and you go down and you land without... I could do that nearly
0: all the time. On the first level, you can do that quite easily
2: yeah and just also wait, about wait a few this.
0: seconds, let go and just let him drift
2: right down, and you miss everything and also how about a bonus for docking dead center with a mothership, which is quite tricky. totally agree, that? yeah because yeah.
0: you can get in there and and miss by loads. If you just get in that door, even at the side of it you'll you'll be okay. but if you mm. get right in the very center, you should get a dead on like other games did, and maybe get a little yeah. bonus for it like a two hundred yeah. or something for
2: it. it'd be quite cool. So what do you think of the cabinet art then? there's two cabs there's a Japanese and a European there is. Mm, Uh, We've got a picture in front of here. Um, I
0: thought the actual cab had better side art, but it's quite a similar cabinet to a lot of Taito's released in the late 70s and early 80s. It's quite sort of similar, uh, sort of like little blue patterned thing on the side, isn't it? On that one. And there's another one with Taito in quite big letters on the side, which is a little bit dull, I think. Which was the one we were playing? Were we playing the one with the red text
2: at Revival?
0: I can't I f- remember, because Oll has actually got a, a dedicated Lunar Rescue, which is quite a rare cabinet. Yeah. And we were also playing it, because there was a, a lot of us playing the two machines, and we were playing mm. it on the normal Space Invaders with the Braves multi-kit.
1: Yeah. I
0: think the one Oll had is the one on the right-hand side of our picture here, think yeah. is on the show notes, the blue one uh, with the white joystick. Yeah, And it's quite simple-looking thing. As it's quite boring cab, really, I think. I quite like the Lunar Rescue writing at the top, but the rest of it is just lines, just blue lines and stuff, isn't it? Yeah. Quite yeah. dull. And they did a cocktail of it, which is in a very, very standard Space Invaders cab. Yeah. And I think a lot of these kits went out for, for revamping Space Invaders. Mm. They were to upgrade Space Invaders because you just got the left, right, and thrust. And it went, yeah. it's exactly the same PCB, I think it's just with this ROM swap, as far as I know, uh, it might have different sound horror I can't remember but it goes on the same looms and everything you just whip the old Space Invaders out whip the Lunar Rescue in and off you go new game mm. it's that simple with a new you know new panel or whatever or a new uh, marquee and that's it
2: yep um, the ports. Yep. Uh, this made it to most of the popular UK home computers at the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a, a Vic 20 one, which I think may be unofficial, and that has extra options in it, like a random terrain. You can ch- it'll just like make the ground random with the with the characters. Oh, that's and
0: quite a present. little touch, isn't
2: it?
3: Yeah.
0: I've got I'm going to come
2: on my Commodore 64, which I got the SD
0: card hard drive thingy for. There was a version of Lunar Rescue on there. I thought, oh, great, Lunar Rescue! And I think it was like a homebrew. Someone programmed themselves years ago and it looked quite good but for some reason it played really fast i mean like almost like it was speeded up and it just didn't work because you you just crashed stuff straight away if it was slowed down it would have been almost an arcade perfect port Mm. so yeah there's quite a few i think it's quite a few old versions because it was quite a popular game back in the day and everyone knew and i think everyone ripped it off on the home
2: 8-bit computers i i think i remember seeing it but never playing it Mm. I think I saw it at a time when the, all the colour games were out and this was like with the colour overlays and it looked a bit basic so I don't think I ever played it
0: do you know what the PCB I had when I bought a little cab years ago it came in with it it was like a homemade thing someone had made out of um, an old cocktail cab and it was like a little midi sized thing and it, was, it was awful and I, I scrapped the cab and kept the internals and the PCB on that was playing on a black and white screen and it played in black and white only no overlays on it nothing because it was like a homemade thing they nicked off other bits but when I made the loom for running it through a jammer cab and I actually put it on my Space Invaders 2 when I had it it was in colour because it was a colour screen so it was black and white and colour just like Space Invaders 1 and 2 wow. and you can play in black and white and colour yeah oh,
2: so I didn't know that I
0: think it was, it was capable of doing black and white and colour on the same board which I think a lot of that hardware was back in the day. Wow, I didn't know that. Because sort of the late 70s, when they were just
2: going from black and white to colour. So yeah. So, yeah, it's quite good like that. Mm. It was also on some of the Taito Legends compilations, there's a few of them. I got it on my PSP. Have
0: you? Yeah, it's oh, quite yeah. Oh, it's yeah. an awesome little version, actually. I think that's what um, Mad Steve was playing it on, actually, because he hasn't yeah. got Mame, and I need to sort him out, a hard drive. I will try and get that to you, Steve. It's been a bit busy.
2: I'll try and get you a hard drive and put all the main stuff on for you so you can play on your PC. Excellent. There was no sequel, really. No, oh. no sequel. There's an excellent Atari homebrew game. From yes, 19- I saw it. I saw a video of it. It looks quite good. From 1998, and it's called This Planet Sucks, which is this a great planet title. This planet sucks. Great title. But it doesn't look like you can fire in it. You can
0: sort of go down and land, and you pick a guy up, and you go back. But you can go up and down. When you go ah. back up, you can go up and down. But I didn't see the video firing anything. So I don't know if you can shoot mm. the invaders on the way up. I think it's invaders on the way down and on the way up. But the poor mm. old 26 I was trying, wasn't it? It was trying hard.
2: Yeah, it's decent. It seems a decent it, it uh, game. It looks pretty good
0: for that hardware. It looks really nice. Yeah.
2: Right, now we're going to get on to the, the tricky subject of the scores.
0: Yeah, let's do the, let's do the one we can't get anywhere near first. The world record holder is Art Van Vliet. Sorry about the name, guys. But he is the Galaxian world champion as well. So yep. massive... Uh, Kudos to him. He got two hundred seventy-nine thousand nine hundred eighty on this game. That guy knows the
2: patterns, doesn't he? I was close. I was close to that. Yeah, no anyway. <laughs> right, Let's let's uh, go in no particular from, order. From uh, Hooray Banana. Yep. Eric, he got four thousand and twenty. I think he's just had a couple of goes. Yeah, so he only it, had two goes, so we will let him off for of that. He says it was quite relaxing. He's obviously not played the later levels, has he? No. Uh, Andrew Driver, our friend on Twitter, 5,980. Yep. Nez for Life, 11,270. Yep, get in there. VIP. Ben. Yep. 11,480. Well done, Ben. That's a good score. Alpha One. I don't know what score is on now, but this is the last one he submitted. 11,900. Yeah, they're getting quite close to 11,000, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. Victor Marland, whoever he is. Mystery. <laughs> I'll tell you in a minute. 12,000 and summit. What maybe, did you get?
0: Maybe 12,000 and something. 12,000 and I summit. haven't got this scoring in front of me. It's in a garage at the moment on my uh, Naomi cab. But I got, oh, it's really annoying. I got 12,000 and I was on the last guy taking him up to the top. And if I got there, I was on for a good bonus and the 500 point getting all the six guys back. And I got flipping killed. I would have been on about 15 to 16 if I'd done that. Ooh. So I missed out just by a hair's breadth there. So it's about 12,500, something like that, I think.
2: Next, we have Mad Stee. We're on Mad com And I
0: think he did that on a PSP. So, really well done. Because you've got to play it on the side.
2: So, you have <laughs> yeah. five buttons at the top. Wow. So, I think he's done really well there. Well done, Steve. Next guy, Favored Son, seventeen three sixty. Do you know
0: what? I was expecting a lot more from Gary Favored Son because he is an awesome games player. I don't think he had much goes on it. Cause I, I was think, expecting yeah. like 50,000 of this guy. He's really good at games. I think he had one go, didn't he? Probably. <laughs> Is this the guy that was awesome at Rygar a while back? I can't remember. He's very good at a lot of games. Certain games, he's really, really good at, because he actually worked in arcades as a kid. Yeah. So he got to play them and then and help out and, and fix them and stuff. So he's really um, an arcade favourite. Good guy.
2: Right, third place is me. Yes, 19,920. <sighs> I did not beat the 20K mark, which you I was didn't... trying, like, mad to do. You did a 20K club like these other guys. I got nineteen eight, nineteen one, nineteen three, and so I've finished on nineteen nine.
0: Yeah, but you did beat your own personal best. That's cool.
2: Yeah, yeah, I beat my own personal best of about sixteen, yeah. Mm-hmm. In second place, Dean Lesalay seventy with twenty thousand one hundred and sixty points. It's good going, mate. Right, in first place is this newcomer guy. We've
0: got to ban him, I think.
2: <laughs> He's too good. Zipper. Yep, yeah, well done, Zipper on Twitter who is amassed an amazing twenty-one thousand eight hundred and four points yeah well
0: done bloke that's really cool that's a
2: huge score yeah well done mate
0: game yeah absolutely but the world record holder is over 10 times that i know. Oh my lord!
2: <laughs> so remember when we were playing eight thousand, we thought was a good score last year. Yeah, some of these scores twenty two thousand, amazing. I well, so, I was getting when I play,
0: and I gave up a little while ago because I was just annoyed with it, and I wanted to get some stuff done in the garage. I just had to stop playing. I was getting uh, ten 000 to twelve thousand every single time without a problem. As soon as I hit that twelve thousand, I die die, I die, I'm out of it. I just right. could not get past it. It gets to a certain level, and I think it stays at that level until oh, you said level 6 gets even worse. But it just gets really hard. And yeah.
2: I just couldn't do it. I started looking ahead thinking, do I shoot these sources, or do I accelerate past them? And it's a, a mixture of both. And then you've got to watch out for the comets falling higher up. You know, they get you when you're yeah. higher up and on also, the screen. and also, because
0: on the lower levels, you either get loads of invaders, and that's it, where well, you get very few invaders and you know them comets are coming. Yeah. When there's very few, they come and you can hear them coming. But yeah. Later on, you get loads of invaders and the comets. So it's like, oh God, yeah. you, get, you know, just get really hard, a bit too quick for my liking. So yeah, yeah um, overall summing up, uh, a good game, good game. Yeah.
2: <laughs> but I've gone off it. Sorry, I still, gone off I it. I still like it. I think if I went back to this again in a year, I would still like it. I need a break from it now.
0: <laughs> the next time I go to see all or Arcade Club or whatever, I'll play it on a proper machine. I think mm. I'd enjoy it more on a proper machine rather than doing it on main. And the, the black and white with a screen, the proper sound effects, with all you lot playing against, I think it'd be better. But on my own, yeah. I don't
2: think I'll play it much anymore. Gone off it. Mm. Nope, don't like it. Nope. So In Our Faces from Zipper, hey? Yeah, I think he's going to do that a lot, you know, he's good. Mm, he's <coughs> good, yeah. He's, he's thrashed us on Lime Bertie as well, hasn't he? No. I no. won. I
0: won in a, a time allotted... And he <laughs> cheated afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> no, well done, Ben. For doing it, but it was good that he did it as well in, in that yeah. week because he'd never done it before. And I, I've been playing that game for nearly thirty years, and I, I yeah. really enjoyed just finishing it. I think my next one, as I said, is Kung Fu Master. I'm gonna try and finish it. I can get to level four quite easily. I think there's only five levels, is it? Uh, yeah. And a guy we know, Chun, he can do it easily. He can do it. He can loop it like three or four times. I think he's near to the world record. So I have to sort of watch his videos and see what he does to see if I can right, do it as well. Right. Okay, that's that game out of the way. Let's do the art of side art. This, question mark, and a picture in front of me, and it's on our show notes, yes. is a game called Space Chaser. Now, this game is a Taito game, and if you just quickly glance at it, it looks very similar to the game we just talked about, Cab, yeah. Lunar Rescue. This is a Taito game as well, but... It's a blue cab and it's, I think it's the same cabinet shape. They use this cabinet shape for a lot of things like Nintendo did with their early yeah. games. Uh, it's a joystick in the middle, uh, button on the side. And it's a game called Space Chaser, which is very similar to Head On, Head On or that Dodge him We did a little while. Ago. We did this, uh, the, yeah. the Zachariah one. And I hate the game. I really do not like the game. When I was a kid, I used to love it. I used to be quite good at it, but this one, it just frustrates me. You know, it's a sort of maze game, and you're trying to avoid other cars, trying to crash into you. You've got to try and eat all the dots with the car. And you've got, like, a thrust button, which makes you go a little bit faster. But the actual cab is lovely looking, isn't it? And there's been quite a few of these sold a little while. It must have been quite a a popular cab in the UK, because I've seen loads of these come up, and they look really nice. And a lot of people grab them to make, like, a main cab, or, you know, just a a 60-in-1 or whatever. And it does really well as that cab, because you can put a four-way or an eight-way joystick quite easily. Uh, and it's got a blue side art, and it's got this like um, sort of on the on the tilt picture with like these spaceships going around the maze. So, rather than cars, I think you're a spaceship, and it's like a sort of spacey yeah. thing. And it's only a black and white game, an old game. And it's got this really nice full-on side art, all painted. Looks like it's painted on the side with a Taito logo, a logo. And on the front and on the kick panel, all over the front of it, you've got like a spaceship and a coin door there, and lots of the spaceships and and the grids you go around. And it's got a, quite a colourful stripey marquee with a really cool font you know me in fonts really yeah. cool font with Space Chaser on it and yeah. the bezel around the screen is all sort of psychedelic stripey colours it's a really nice cab mm, why like have not they it. done this for Lunar Rescue mm. Lunar Rescue is a better game it deserves better I think
2: but they did a really nice cab for this I think on this one you can actually because it's got a four way joystick, I think with the dodge you just went round anti clockwise around the screen. I think this one you can change direction, so it's more Pac-Man like, I think, this game. Oh I if I remember, remember rightly. I can't
0: remember actually, to be mm. honest with you. So that's that one. We got a there's a a mad German flyer for it as well we put on there, which is a bit weird. <laughs> I <I've> put <laughs> yeah. it on the show notes. have a look on the show notes. It's a bit odd that one, but it shows a nice picture of the cabinet yeah. and a beef eater. <laughs> Don't what ask me flies?
2: why. And it's a German flyer. What are they thinking?
0: Don't ask me why. I no, don't
2: know. No. I okay, like that, let's stuff.
0: do your thing. Let's do releases from this month in history.
2: Yep, I've got a bit of a jingle, right? I'm going to sing it because I, I was going to record it with some nice music. Are you sure about this? Do I have it? Uh, yes. Yeah. We're going way back, 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 back. We're going way back, backity-backity-back. Way back, way
0: back, way back. Way Ooh. back! What do you reckon? Awful.
2: <laughs> <I>
0: <laughs> no, so. it's, uh, we'll put some music under that, possibly, if I can yeah. be bothered. And I can't
2: sing either. No, it's pretty good. Mm. More of rap. Back. a rap. It's a back. back Right, from May 2005. Get back, you.
0: Get right back to May 2005. Yeah.
2: Go on. I am. May 2005. Spectral versus Generation by IGS, okay. hugely popular, famous game. Is it really? I've never heard of it before. Nor have I. It's a fighter <laughs> featuring featuring characters from two Idea Factory franchises. Idea Factory. I've never heard of them either. Nope. One of the franchises, Spectral Force. The other one, Generations of Chaos. Nope. So, Spectral versus Generation. It, it's a cartoony okay. em up with. It's a bit like. It's got swords in it, so it's a bit samurai show swords? Yes. Swords? Swords in it. Ooh, sword fighting. Go on. Uh, Idea Factory is still going, and their latest game on the Vita, right, is called Hyper Devotion Noir Goddess Heart. Try saying that with a mouthful of eggs. That is a great name. I mm. love them Japanese names. They do go on a bit, don't they? Yeah. Right, 20 years ago, May 1995... There is a shift in the space-time continuum as the Mighty Cave is is born, (laughs) and it releases... Mighty Cave! It releases Don Patchy. Yes, it's a great game. It introduced, I think, a fire button, which when you held it down, it gave you auto-fire and slowed down your ship to better navigate the bullet patterns. Yep, they like that, don't they? That's, I, that's why I like cave games so much, because when you get, you get in the middle of all those bullets, you press your auto-fire, and you, you've got a slower movement, and you can dodge them better. Yeah, that's just it's a really nice a mechanic, isn't it? Excellent idea, yeah. Yeah, really cool. 30 years ago, May 1985, Gradius Nemesis, which we've already talked about. Mm-hmm, great games. So, so that, and also, in, it's a very good month for games. It blew my mind away when that came
0: out. I think I had it on the Commodore 64 uh, and it blew my mind in the arcade. It's like, this is amazing. It was like, it was like the scramble, but up by 10. <laughs> yeah. I, I like both the games, but I, it was great. I remember when it came out, I was just, oh, this is brilliant. You know, it's really cool with this. because you had like the, you know, the different, um, the weapons that would follow you around and you had
2: such a mega firepower in the game. It's cool. Yeah, it's such a spectacle to look at, aren't it? In the same month, 85, Commando by Capcom. Ooh. Mrs. A, a famous and influential schmup. Yep, we're gonna cover that one.
0: You reckon? Yeah, we, we've done nearly all the early Commando games uh, sorry, the Capcom games, haven't we?
2: I'd rather do X-Dexes before I do Commando. Agreed. Hmm. I was playing it last night. It is extremely difficult. Good though, isn't it? You would have thought I got the hang of it by now. I still haven't. Oh, good. We'll do that one then. Yeah, okay. (laughs) Right, 40 years ago. We're going way back. back -back Backity bekkity. It's May 1975, kids. Tank 2 by Key Games. Yep. It's got different mazes than the original Tank, and it's got landmines. That's about the only differences, I think. Yeah. And it was the first Key Game to have... The branding, a wholly owned subsidiary of Atari Incorporated. Yeah, K E E Key Games. So they admitted that. Yeah, Key Games actually is just it was a Atari. massive con. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, this so, um,
0: that's the same year as my Jet Fighter. And is I, was, it? I
2: was actually offered a Tank
0: Two a little while back, but it mm. needed quite a lot of work in it, and I think I would have just pinched bits off of it for my Jet Fighter, so I turned it down. It was very cheap as well.
1: But it no, had, it, really, it had
0: really, really horrendous burn because tank two is very similar to the, the tank levels in combat on Atari 2600. Yeah. So you've got like a maze and then you, you drive your tank around the maze and the maze stays on the screen all the time. So you imagine the burn, it would be on the screen all the time, being there all the time, just on a mm. black and white screen, but it had all the internals. I think the board was in there. Uh, it might have had a few things missing from it, like the monitor chassis or something. I can't remember. But there was a lot of work to it and it was a very plain looking cab on the side. So I, I turned it down. Yeah, mm, they're still around. Believe me, forty years old and they're still around.
2: I got offered a tank. Yeah, on, honestly, yeah, but I, I couldn't fit it on the drive. <laughs> <laughs> but um, <Bad-dum-ts, bad-dum-ts>. Sweet <laughs> game for that, pal. <laughs> right now we're going on to next show's game and who picked it. Well, because because I've got to get this out of my system, this is just going to be festering there like a World War Two fighter game. I'm, I'm going to pick, because it's my choice, 1942. I knew it was coming. And I'm, honestly, I'll shut up about it after this. I will, I promise. Another Capcom one as well. After this next podcast, I'll shut up about it. Yep. Yeah but I've got to really put some time into it. I'm going to beat, definitely going to beat a million. I want to try and finish it, but I, that is a tall order from what I've seen yep. in, in two weeks. But yeah, it's next game. Nothing to 19- do, mate. You've got a proper cab there now. I think you'll do it. Mm. 1942. Right. I'm going to put a quick
0: disclaimer on this game. Yeah. You're going to beat me hands down. I know this. Yeah. It was the same as when we did Dig Dug. I knew I can get a big score, and you were new to it. It wasn't your favourite game. Yeah. I like 1942 a lot. And my best ever game so far was at the Isle of Wight on a proper cab, but it wasn't 1942 cab because I think that was just a conversion. But it was converted into a Space Invaders 2 cabinet. And I played a proper board on there and I got quarter of a million. It's my best ever. Mm, I love the game. I really like it. It's one of those games I'm not very good at, but I really enjoy it. So I'll enjoy playing this one. I'll try and beat my, if I can beat my personal best, I'll be really happy. I know I won't beat you. But we want all our friends to play along with this as well. So get 1942 on. Well, a quarter of a million is a decent score. It's not bad. It is a good it's score. For me. It's all right. Yeah. Okay, we've got, before we go, there's a fantasy cab list update. Did, 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 did,
2: and it's yours. Tell us about it. Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get rid of Vulgus from my 10 oh! fantasy cabs. Just, just maybe temporarily. I'm putting time pilot in because I am still oh. playing it. I played it to death those couple of, about a month ago or wherever long we did it. Okay. Uh, and I still play it. I still go back to play it at arcade clubs. So if you thrashed me at it, you swine. It's hooked me and I'm, yeah, mm. I'm going to have that one. Well, I'll tell you
0: what, if James lets you keep that 1942 for a little while longer and you do get the game done or you get bored of it. Yeah. He might be able to put a time pilot in there because the same orientation was just with one button so you can probably play it in there with a, with a loom changeover you know an adapter mm-hmm. or whatever and mm-hmm. I have sent off my original time pilot board it doesn't work to Mr Sarge Silverfox, and hopefully he can fix it for me ah, so that would be nice uh, yeah. and I am also thanks to Sarge again I'm going to borrow his 1942 original PCB he's going to send it to me to borrow so I can play it in a cab as well so we're on level playing fields even though name's very yeah. very similar anyway I'll be yeah. paying on proper cab and so will you. Ah, that's excellent, yeah. So, let's go and play 1942, shall we? Yeah. And uh, we'll see everyone later on. Thanks for listening. and See you later. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Goodbye! You can download or play the podcast, read all the show notes and leave feedback at www10 You can email me at vertvic at 10 You can also reach us on our Facebook page. You can tweet me at arcade and you can tweet Sean at Sean Holly. We'd love to hear from you for game suggestions, arcade pickups and stories, or any of your personal thoughts on anything we may have covered.